the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a Monday, and uh, there's some stuff to talk about for sure today. I mean, uh, Buttigieg has gotten out of the Democratic race now. Steyer got out of it as if he were ever in it, but he's out of it. He just wasted all of his money. $20 million. Just wasted his money. Did you hear how much uh, Bloomberg says he will spend to, while he's running for president? He's put. He's finally put a cap on how much he'll he'll waste, all right? One billion dollars. One billion dollars. One wow. billion dollars. I like the word waste. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to waste. He's yeah. going to waste it. You know, so um, he's like number three, right? Or is this him three? No, he's four. Right now, you got Sanders at about 20, 23%. I'll give you the exact numbers here in, after the break. About 23%. Biden is about uh, 16%. And then you get down from there to Bloomberg, who's about 14%, I believe. And Warren is 11%. If, you're, if you don't get 15% or higher, you're not going to get any delegates. So tomorrow... Tomorrow will shake it out. Well, t- tomorrow is, I believe, uh, going to be um, Warren's last stand. Or she'll just just keep hopping and moping along, trying to make it to a contested convention. She thinks might happen. Doing doing the Indian war whoop. Yeah, I don't know. It's just going to be. It's, I don't know. Maybe she does some. Maybe she does a delicate dance. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just saying. She's uh, she's got trouble. Biden raised about ten million dollars online over the last two days. That surpasses his entire total for January. He raised $8.9 million in January. You burn through that like that. It don't take long. Burn money when you're running for office. And he hasn't been able to do much with the um, Super Tuesday states at all. He's not running just, many ads or anything. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of enthusiasm in, in exactly. his race. I mean, he doesn't speak with enthusiasm. He doesn't. So I haven't run on to people. You know, I haven't seen any biden signs in my neighborhood or in town or like i haven't seen a biden sign anywhere i've seen an amy sign i i've seen a, a sander sign did you see yeah. a booty jig no i haven't seen a booty jig <laughs> i think sign i maybe yet. have seen <laughs> no, one, no. one of those but but yeah it's it, it was it was kind of nice to see him get out of the race well although, he's done although it would have been interesting to have seen how many democrats jumped ship if they'd actually were dumb enough to nominate the guy well 
Well, he, they wouldn't have nominated him. He didn't have the he didn't have the the backer, backers. Bernie raised. Take a guess. How many how many dollars do you think Bernie raised in February? February yeah. twenty million. Okay, how much? Uh, Fifteen. Forty six. Oh wow. Forty six million dollars. Wow. We have the socialist in the house. He's moving, buddy. I tell you, he's got a lot of momentum still. It will be interesting tomorrow. And don't forget that I will be on with uh, J.R. Davis, Robert Steinbach, and Elizabeth tomorrow mm. night, 8 until 10, mm. keeping up on what's going on. I know we're going to be st- uh, be joined by Doyle Webb. He'll be joining us uh, and let us know uh, what's going on with a lot of races. We've talked to Sullivan and a lot of other people about coming on, so I would expect that we'll hear from all of them. I know that we'll probably hear from uh, Barbara Webb. I get my fingers crossed that she takes out skip welsh please god anyway <laughs> yeah i've looked i've looked into his past history and i think he leans toward the uh democratic side definitely leans <laughs> well a little bit more than lean i was trying to, to be it. Polite, let me tell you is, yeah that is that was polite is i'll he, give you credit for is that he neck deep yeah he's up to his he's eyeballs in him you know he's well, he's been a you know an fob forever you know, yeah. so you know, with that in, you know, keeping that in mind. By the way, friend of Bill. That's friend what that Bill. means. Okay. FOB. And he hasn't committed suicide yet. Yeah. He, no. Yeah. No, there's not yeah. any. I don't know. What do you call it? Hillary. Hillary side. Is that what they're calling <laughs> yeah, it? Now? Yeah. Right. Is that, that's what's going on. I guess that's when you stop being a friend. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's I why I don't being a friend don't of pick Bill her as okay. a vice presidential running mate. <laughs> I think maybe being a friend of Bill might be safer than being a friend of Hillary. I'm, I'm not just sure. saying, don't maybe pick maybe Hillary so. to run, be your running mate. That would not be a good thing to have for a running mate. You know, you'll die by Hillary's side. <laughs> That's a good possibility. Here's a rundown for you. Last week, Morning Consult asked Buttigieg supporters who their second choice was and found them all split up pretty evenly. Sanders, 21%. 21% of them would vote for Sanders. Eight, 19% for Biden. 19% for Warren. Bloomberg, 17%. So now keep in mind, you got to have 15% of the vote in any of these uh, to get states to get any delegates whatsoever. Hmm. So that makes it very interesting. It just says, uh, it says it's, this would put some of the folks like Bloomberg and Warren above the 15% threshold in certain states. Right now, Warren is trailing. They are trailing uh, Sanders in Massachusetts, her home state, by five percentage points. People want to bet on a winning horse whenever it comes to politics. People want to vote for a winner a lot of times, and I think anybody be stretched at this point to call her a front runner. Yeah. Or someone that has a possibility to win. I don't, doesn't look good for her. Looking at the field, though, I don't see anyone that shows the capability of having it uh, sewn up before the the Democratic well, convention that, comes up. I don't see anybody doing it. It's going to be interesting. I'm just Unless Hillary you. didn't even do that, did she? Did what? And when Hillary went into the convention, did she have oh, yeah. it sewn so, up? So oh, yeah, she time? had it so, Then you could get all the super delegates and everything early. Right. Now it's after the first ballot before they can get involved. So somebody better be going in there with uh, 1,900 and some change mm-hmm. delegates or it's going to be 
real interesting. As I tell people, they go, well, who are the other ones do you think might be able to you know, mount a challenge? I said, it doesn't have to be any of the others. Anybody can be nominated from the floor when you get to a broker convention. So, so what happens with some of these candidates that weren't actually, didn't get the signatures or get, the, get bought into the ballot? On some of these states like Arkansas, where you had to actually pay to get on a ballot. Well, you're not on the ballot. You're, you just can't. They're not going to be front runners. Be, yeah, they're not, they're gonna, not going to be front runners. If you but, can't get on all the ballots, you shouldn't be running anyway. <laughs> it's that simple. Like Steyer. Yes. Yeah, well, Steyer's out. Right, exactly. He dropped out. That's He's what done. I say. And anybody that's not on all the ballots, if they didn't think far enough ahead and weren't enthusiastic enough or sure enough, that they couldn't even do that. I don't think people are going to have much confidence. He in dropped, it. what, $2 million in South Carolina? Got 11%. It broke down to about $3,300 a vote per, that per he got. Vote. Oh, wow. That's expensive. He yeah, yeah it is. So really expensive. It's going to be <laughs> – tomorrow will be interesting because let's see if Bloomberg's, uh, you know, bet has paid off. He's not been on the ballot in any other state up to this point. I just want to point one Isn't thing out. Is it a ballot? No. no. Oh, wow. It's not even been there. I tell you, you couldn't vote for him in South Carolina. People oh. want to compare him to Trump and see, see no. if he can buy the election. But listen, Trump, Trump spent a lot buy. less money than Hillary Clinton Trump didn't did. buy the election. Hillary Clinton. She spent twice as much she as Trump. She spent twice no. as much as Trump. So Trump did not buy yeah, the election. Trump, Trump snookered the, the media into, into advertising for him. Well, he was well, saying true. What, he was saying <laughs> what his true. supporters wanted to hear that you know I'm no, not, it, I'm it not a highly, crony and I will listen. No, it and, was highly and, effective what what Trump did. It's just, it's just kind of funny that because doing it again. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's but, exactly right. But, yeah, both he and Bloomberg are billionaires, but the fact is that Trump didn't pay for his election, and Bloomberg is apparently trying to he's buy trying, his election. You didn't hear the last story. People. You didn't hear the last story about that. What's that? Well, he finally came out and he said. He did have a limit on how much money he'll spend. Oh, Bloomberg? One billion dollars. One billion. He's already burned through half of that. Hmm. Think well, of that. Not even on the he's ballot. He's already spent half of he it? He's spent $500 million already. Well, wow. he's going to run out of money, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy. $64 billion, <laughs> I don't think so. He, he might, maybe he'll increase his, his, um, his output if he... If I'm he, just saying, man. He's, he's got... You know, this is like going to, going to Vegas... To the roulette wheel, the roulette wheel, and putting it on double zero red. I'm just saying that's exactly what this is. He's betting it all. Big pile right there. I wonder how long he dollars. lasts. A billion dollars. He says that's how much money I spend because this is a really delegate rich day tomorrow. You know, I thought a little over thirteen hundred delegates out there. I thought Democrats didn't like successful capitalists. <laughs> I thought they were, thought those were evil people. Well, well they're, they're at the point right now. Anybody but Trump. <laughs> <laughs> they'll even vote for a su- successful capitalist, huh? And well, I and I thought they wanted a diverse group. I mean, look at the top three people on their. On their, uh, their their chart, you got Sanders, who's 78, and he's oh. white and a millionaire. <laughs> then you got Biden, he's 77, and he's white, and he's a billionaire. And Bloomberg is in his late 70s, and he's white, and he's a billionaire. Well, I mean, come on, man. Where, yeah. Where's, where's the media not uh, cracking the whip over the, well, the Democrats? Well, they've got diversity. Had. They've got billionaires, and they have millionaires, or at least one billionaire. Yeah, probably two. 
one one yeah. billionaire and two two millionaires. Two millionaires, and so yeah. But there's there's a diversity. Well, I mean, you well you have a socialist in, in and the, a, the well they're all they're socialists. all socialists. they're all socialists but one of them readily admits to it we have you know full blooded socialist socialist light and we uh, have an, a, 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 a half breed um, partial Indian socialist I, I think Biden would and she's a millionaire <laughs> I don't think Biden stands for anything you know, of course a good politician doesn't annihilate himself he just makes comments that really don't mean anything and. And and says things that won't alienate anyone. So, you know, Biden. You know, it's hard to tell what he stands for except by his history. And well, I think he, his history is, yeah, he's a socialist. Oh, well, maybe, Biden. And, but he's out for himself. We all know that he's out to enrich him and his family. So Biden may just be for Biden. I think Biden's for Biden. Uh, you, yeah, he's been that way since he started running. You know, that's exactly what he's been. Just just common Joe. You know, working man Joe. Yeah, he's twelve. He's worth twelve million dollars. Yeah, working common, man Joe, common working man. Yeah, when, when's the last time you for. think he went out and and even mowed his own lawn? I Doubt it's been. I bet it's been a long time. You think he even knows well, he knows the, he knows how to butter his own bread. <laughs> you think he knows where the key <laughs> his own lawnmower is? And they're saying there's more to come out about Ukraine. I guess you heard that Ukraine has opened up an investigation into Thank Hunter you. Biden. Oh wow. So it's going to get, it's gonna get very interesting. I mean, he could be doing really well, and all of a sudden, some something busts from over there and just destroy him for in in running. Maybe, maybe he's half expecting it. Maybe that why he, that's ex, maybe that's more of a reason why he's seeming a little bit maybe lethargic in his race. Yeah, he, he may be a little more dangerous than the rest of them, but you know, it's always dangerous. It's like showing up for a sports game. You know, somebody can break a leg, but I think Biden's a little more dangerous than usual just because of his track record and, and all the people that he's associated he's with. He's been around a while. Yeah. You know, he's been you. around since the 70s. Right. That's so. the only thing he knows is, let me let me say this with a smile on my face and cynicism dripping off my lips. You know, he's he's a public servant. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he gets paid very well. Huh? <laughs> public servant. Yeah, he's, he's a... You know, it's just like the attorneys and the people in the state of Arkansas that that serve that uh that have consulting firms that are attorneys mm, if you look at serving the, the people yeah they have a consulting firm to help get bills passed and, or they're an attorney and they have a bunch of medicaid uh, I, I'm uh, associates but those drive cadillacs and escalades in the yeah, 70 I, or hundred thousand yeah, dollar vehicles know, I, I, up i'm there. thinking they are serving the public but it may be that they're serving the public up on a platter that's exactly right. So, I mean, number one to me, to me when I look at a politician is, are they an attorney? You know, <laughs> have they opened a consulting firm? Like, are they a great farmer that is now consulting people on Medicaid expansion? Mm. Or, you know, or maybe they used to work retired from a particular industry. It might, that might, that might is, be a little bit of that a is not related. Yeah. All right. Let's get our first break in. Uh, 21 minutes after 6, it's 62 degrees, going to a high today. Are you ready for this? 71 degrees. Wow. Right. 30% chance of rain. It's not going to measure up to a whole lot. Uh, tonight, 40% chance of some showers, maybe a thunderstorm with a low around 53. For your Tuesday, Election Day, you're looking at a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy and a high near 65. Again, it's 62 degrees here in Little Rock. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. 
RD is here along with Paul. Good to have both of them in the studio. We'll continue in just a moment here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. All right, so let me run down those numbers again that I had, the percentage of uh, the candidates out there. There's only two, three that are out running right now that are polling above 15%. And this is a real clear politics, which takes an average of all the polls. Okay. So you got Sanders at 29.6%. That's a sizable lead. Biden at 18.8%. Bloomberg at 16.4%. Then you, and I've already taken Budjig out. He's out, all right, because he's not in here anymore. I think he had like 7.3%. Okay. Warren, 11.8%. And Klobuchar, 4%. I don't know how Amy Klobuchar survives no, after to, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, she should have dropped out already. She'll be done. She'll be she'll be finished. So I would expect that that will happen sometime uh, tomorrow after the race, unless unless she's got some people telling her stay in there because there's possibility to get into a broker convention. You know, well that, sometimes um, it'll benefit the, the number two person that she supports. You know, there's always a chess game going on behind the scenes. Well, someone wants to so, be VP. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe she wants to be VP and she stays in well, long enough to. But why would she may have an alliance trying with to get somebody that, yeah. that needs her to draw to draw votes away from somebody else? You never know. Yeah, but why, I just wonder why anybody would choose her as VP because up until now, who knew who, she, who even knew who she was? Nobody. I mean, who knows who she is now? Right. She's got a four <laughs> percent. <laughs> Not a lot of people. I'm just telling you, not a lot of that's people. Not, that's not a lot of enthusiasm. But like I said, money is the mother's you know milk of politics. Biden, who was, from what I heard, running on empty. I mean, mm-hmm. he running on fumes. Got a ten million dollar infusion over the last two days. You can go through ten million dollars pretty doggone quickly. Or as they like to say, PDQ, uh, you know, without doing whole lot, a whole lot. Just look, look at how fast Bloomberg's blown through. About yeah, half, half, a mil- half a billion, man, half a billion, you know, five hundred million dollars. So when you look right, at he's about, already about spent five hundred million, the race has not even gotten started, and he's yet. only got sixteen point four percent. Right. Woo! So uh, so if he spends an, if he spends another, oh, I don't know, five hundred million, yeah, or, or maybe. $2 maybe billion he'll get up to nineteen percent. I don't know. It's, it's bad when ten million dollars is like pocket change in an election. So unbelievable. I don't think any working class people are going to be running for president anytime soon. Yeah, Bernie raised forty six million dollars in February alone. Wow. In February, so he's he's got him he's got a little bit of money. Plus, he has some left. I heard that he has spent for Super Tuesday one hundred and forty million dollars. Uh, on ad buys across all those states. Wow. California. The Democrats are leading. shaking in their boots there yeah, a little he, bit. Yeah, well, they are very the nervous. Democrats are nervous. He is leading in California. If you if you pay any attention to polling that's at all. Big, that's a big okay. delegate. You got that. And Texas. He's leaning, uh, leading in both Texas for the uh, Democrats and for California. You know, one thing that's kind of interesting is that why would Democrats count delegates for their own candidates in states where they're almost certain to lose in the general? Because you got 
both parties there. No, really? I, I understand. I'm just, I'm, I'm just that's saying why that, they have delegates. I right. mean, they, no, I understand. They I understand. have delegates from those states, mm-hmm. so they they want to have a say in who's going to run. Right. Yeah, every state but, wants to. That's right. when they like the electoral college. <laughs> but the problem is, is whenever <laughs> whenever everybody's electing someone that that they don't think can win because you've got the radical group turning out more people. Than the more common group, right? Then, uh, well, then they have they have a problem with Bernie Sanders because I don't think even the majority of Democrats are ready to vote for a full blown socialist. No, I hope they're I, not. I, I don't, anyway, I don't think so either. Just like in Arkansas, I don't think there's any chance at all that a Democrat is going to win the state of Arkansas. But they're still going to send delegates to the Democrat convention, uh, and they have to do that. All right, mm-hmm. we'll be back. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. Right now, though, we got the news. Liz Harrington from the RNC coming up after the news. I, I got to tell you, things are going to be crazy come, uh, you know, with the Democrat convention in Milwaukee because this is getting now. It's starting. This is looking a lot like 1968 to me, you know. And I can talk about that because I was I was in high school at the time. I was all politically active at that time and and watching everything that was going on. And let me just name the, some names for you that uh, are out there who have followed politics for quite some time. How, let me give you those these names. Hubert Humphrey from Minnesota, Edmund Muskie of Maine, Eugene McCarthy, George McGovern. Those four names should ring bells for a lot of people out there. After Kennedy, Robert Kennedy was assassinated. It was all up for grab. Remember that Johnson had dropped out because of the Vietnam War. He had lost, you know, support of his party. He had won the uh, New Hampshire primary, but just, I think he just eked it out. Then he fell out and Hubert Humphrey came on. He got Johnson's delegates, and I still don't to this day understand exactly how that worked, but it's the Democrat part primary. You know, <laughs> at the moment of Kennedy's death, here was the delegate count: Humphrey five sixty one and a half, Kennedy three ninety three and a half, McCarthy two fifty eight. Can you say brokered convention? Woo! <laughs> and that's exactly what happened, and it was a mess. Uh uh, a mess. Uh, Liz Harrington is with us. Now, Liz is not old enough to remember this because she's, a, as far as I'm concerned, a young whippersnapper. <laughs> Liz, how you doing, Liz? Hey, that's a compliment. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> my dad used to call me that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, see, my, I'm old enough to be, I don't know, I guess your dad. I'm 67, so... I could be yeah, your that's dad. About, about, he's sixty-four, I think. There you so, go. Yeah, there you go. So you you ask him about it. if he if he's still around. You ask him about sixty-eight in Chicago. I'm sure no, he remembers. No, I should. It. I should. I was actually home yesterday. I should have asked him. I mean, the way you laid it out there, and I've looked into it a little bit. It's fascinating. It's. I think politics are very cyclical, and yep. you you see a kind of thing happening with with President Trump. What happened with Ronald Reagan as well with just a realignment of the parties and the democrats are going way to the left you mentioned mcgovern who got it in 72 he wasn't liberal enough he wasn't extreme enough for bernie sanders no then then himself a young whippersnapper but still a revolutionary and uh he supported the communist candidate so uh i was going to say that's when bernie was really transparent and said hey i'm a communist now he oh, won't wow. say that. He just says that he's a he's a democratic socialist. 
Right. And that's their problem with him. That's their only problem. They all agree in the same things. I mean, Joe Biden, it's amazing to see the media and, and the, I guess, the so-called Democrat establishment trying to prop up poor old Joe Biden. Uh, but he's adopted this same agenda as Bernie Sanders. He said, let's eliminate fossil fuels, uh, moratorium on deportations, not a single deportation in his first hundred days. Right. It's lawless. It's crazy. It's so far to the left. Uh, but what's the difference? I mean, Bernie's just honest, more honest about it when he says your taxes are going to go up if you make more than $29,000 a year. Uh, we're going to kick you all off until one size fits all government run plan. Uh, and we're going to ban energy production. We're going to take over that sector. He's so out there. But when you look at what Joe Biden's saying and what all these other candidates have said throughout this primary, they believe in the same things. They just don't like that Bernie's so honest about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Liz, you've written an article about this, about how the mo- moderation is not moderation in the Democratic right. Party. And it's a, it's a great article. It sits here right on my desk because I draw from it once in a while. It's really good stuff that you that you wrote about. Buttigieg, I appreciate that. But, yeah. yeah, it's true. Look at all the positions, yeah. you know. They're the same. They're the same. No electoral college. They, hate, they, they think this country is just no good, founded on, you know, racism and all this divisive stuff. I mean, there's no difference. They're all preaching from the same far left. Uh, book and it's it's very it's disturbing but i think it's going to spell disaster for them come november our uh, guest rnc spokeswoman is uh, liz harrington good to have her with her were you up at cpac i didn't get to make it my doctor said i couldn't go oh no so i guess i guess um, yeah, here I at home. You there i was all up and down radio row on friday cool uh, i did about 16 shows <laughs> um it was great i it was so much fun i wish i would have been there in person but on saturday for president trump's speech but oh my goodness i did watch it that was one of the, <laughs> the best speeches so funny a little lightheartedness you know uh, I, I love, and it may, and it drives the liberals crazy. So it, it's just President Trump and his element, and that's what CPAC is like. It's, you know, I have the easiest job ever speaking on behalf of the Republican Party in President Trump's Republican Party right. because everyone's so happy. No one's like griping on the party and saying, you know, why aren't you doing this? Why don't you do that? Everyone's unified. Uh, everyone's excited about what's happening. Uh, and it's all come, it's that energy at the top, that confidence at the top, the can-do spirit that is just, President Trump loves this country, and it's really, it's contagious, and there, it was a great time at CPAC. I wish you could have been there. I would love to be be there. It's it's fun to be with, you know, like 10,000 of your favorite friends, friends. as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> hey, I've got a question for you. This is R.D. Hopper. What do we need to do to take back the House? What What goals, what do we need to try to accomplish? Keep doing what we're doing because we just had another record $86 million raised with the Trump campaign for February. Uh, get active. Get, I mean, get out there and join uh, Join up with your, your favorite MAGA team up because we have TrumpVictory.com is our joint operation with the Trump campaign. We've got events all over the country. We, last Saturday we had a National Day of Action, so people were going out and registering voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their own communities. You can go to TrumpVictory.com 
and sign up and get involved because there's so many. Just like we talk about the 10,000, you know, all these people at CPAC, it's the same thing across this country. There's so many like-minded people who want to get involved, who are really excited for the first time in, in decades about uh, what's going on with politics in Washington because President Trump is actually bringing change. And that was one of my favorite lines of his speech. You know, the party, the liberal Democrats have been saying, promising, falsely promising hope and change for so long. We're the ones that are actually delivering it. And that's what's driving the Democrats crazy. Mm-hmm. And we, we know it's so important. We're investing new uh, resources in the, even in blue states because there's so many swing districts uh, that we have an opportunity to win back. And it's so important because we see what the Democrats do with their power in the House. What have they done for the country? All they've done is just weaponize, use their power to investigate, sham investigation after sham investigation. Mark Levin made a great point at CPAC, too. We are talking about the coronavirus. Well, if the Democrats got their way with their never-ending witch hunt, we'd still be in the middle of a Senate trial, right? That's right. We'd be hearing from all these meaningless testimonies. Oh, by the way, you know, a month after all that kerfuffle about John Bolton's book, he says, yeah, it wouldn't have changed anything. But they would have still been shutting down the Senate over their sham impeachment. They don't care about working for the American people. How would the so open the borders be working out? Show November 3rd. Yeah, the open borders wouldn't be working out real good for them on, on the uh, virus, exactly. would it? <laughs> oh, they would have said that those people coming across the border were, were clean. You don't have to worry about them. They're just hardworking class people. You would, I'm just saying, I can hear the Democrats talking right now. They're in my ear. Does George Soros write, does he write their material for him? Probably does. Well, the thing is, but some well, of the Democrats Elizabeth actually think Warren, the that was her first impulse. So they might, they might the actually first like impulse, it. tear down the wall. Yeah. I mean, she, open borders. That's what you do when you're at risk for, you know, a pandemic. It's absolutely nonsense. Um, and man, aren't we aren't we blessed to have President Trump in the White House if yep. a situation like wow. this happens? Absolutely. And, I mean, when you look at the reason why it's the markets have taken such a hit and the situation is worse than it would have been, it's because China is a closed society. They're a communist regime. They weren't on it. They're not being honest about everything. That worse stuff was coming out after they had misled their own people misled the world and you look at that debate stage the other week what was the opening debate it was the 78 year old communist shill for communist cuba versus the 78 shill for communist china i mean bernie was saying no you're a shill for china well you're a shill for cuba i mean this is the kind of ideology that makes situations like this well terrible for their own people but terrible for the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you see the contrast in what the, all these Democrats are preaching. Uh, it, man, we're so just blessed to have President Trump uh, taking decisive action, being open and transparent, doing press conferences, taking questions, the most absurd, politically charged, pathetic questions you've ever heard from our news media. Oh, that drove me but nuts. But he'll stand up there and, and answer everything, and that's what we need in a situation like this. All right, so let's move to talking about Super Tuesday. South Carolina's done. Biden uh, got a little infusion, got some new blood, got about $10 million over the last couple of days that he raised for his campaign. Of course, Bernie raised about $50 million 
over uh, February. Uh, Buttigieg has now dropped out. And I was reading an article today. Jim Garrity said uh, Morning Consult looked at this and said Buttigieg supporters were asked who was their second choice, and this is how it broke down. Sanders, 21%. Biden, 19%. Warren, 19%. Bloomberg, 17%. Wow. Right. And see, this is why this notion, no one's learned anything from 2016, right? No one's ever learned anything from the, the pundit class. But they're all saying, if they all just get aside and make it yeah. mano a mano, right? Police um, about that they'll all person. suddenly go to, to Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not, that's not how voters work. You, you, you look at your selection. If it's, if it's a one-on-one between Bernie and Biden, plenty of people will end up picking Bernie just because they like him better. So it's not like Biden's automatically going to get all of Mayor Pete's support. Uh, And the fact remains, when you have a socialist agenda that everyone's pushing, who does the Democrat primary voter choose? They choose the more authentic socialist, the guy that actually honeymooned in the Soviet Union, (laughs) right? And Joe Biden, what has he ever done? I, I love this. So there's rumors that Mayor Pete's going to endorse Joe Biden, and and Mayor Pete's mm. pitch is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna uh, win the era, win the era by by electing the old era, yeah. the era that has been completely rejected in 2016. I and mean, Joe Biden's nothing but a corrupt politician who used his power to enrich himself and his family. I mean, what? He's never worked a day in his life. He's been in the swamp for 50 years. He's never gotten anything done for his constituents or the American people. I, that's the, the new era. I don't think so. Now, is he running for president or Senate? Exactly. In North South Carolina. Who knows? I mean, mean, President Trump nailed it again, that CPAC speech. God forbid he would ever get elected, which I don't think is ever going to happen. But he wouldn't be running the government. Are you kidding? It would be he'd be off somewhere. You know, he he would think he'd be doing something. But give me a break. It's just it's so pathetic that the media and the Democrats think, oh, this is their best shot uh, at beating the president. They're a complete disaster. And to bring this all back circle, full circle, I mean, they're setting themselves up. Just the shenanigans they're trying to do to prop up Joe Biden against Bernie. You're going to have such so much disunity come oh their convention God, in Milwaukee. It's going to be it's going to be nuts. Real quickly, last question for you. Here's here's the breakdown. Sanders right now nationally twenty nine point six, Biden eighteen point eight, Bloomberg sixteen point four. They're the only three that break the fifteen percent threshold. Uh, Liz, everybody else underneath there, and that, that would be now Warren and Klobuchar are far back from the 15%. Uh, Warren is about 11.8, but she's losing in Massachusetts to Sanders. And uh, and Klobuchar is at 4%. Klobuchar is done. I, I, has she not woke up and understood that she's done? I guess she wants her own moment since Mayor Pete already dropped out. Maybe she wants her own moment. But, yeah, there's no way. She's completely done. Uh, and Warren, I guess, has some... You know, she's just as far left as Sanders. I guess she has some ideas about, you know, wrestling it from him at a brokered convention. Yeah. But 
I mean, but none of these campaigns have any money. I mean, you talked about the boost Joe Biden got. His campaign was absolutely broke. Yeah. Uh, and it's not really going to help him that much. And look, I think it's going to be a, an abysmal showing for him on Super Tuesday. And then the depression will set in. The onset will set in among these pundits again. Um, but this is their own making. They've they've been preaching class warfare. They've been uh, letting this fringe radical. They've been propping it up. They've been pushing an open borders agenda. That, and then they wonder why someone is able to quote transform the Democrat Party and then try to transform the United States. They wonder why he's doing well in among Democrats. And the good news for the country is he's not going to do well. None of this agenda is not going to do well uh, when the American people decide on November 3rd. Yeah, I agree. Liz, we're going to let you go. I know you got other people that want to talk to you today. We appreciate the time. We'll get with you next week after we've had Super Tuesday. A lot uh, will shake out over the next few days, I'm sure. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks, Dave. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye now. Liz Harrington, uh, RNC spokeswoman from uh, the folks at... Uh, uh, the GOP. She's a great, great uh, benefit to them. She's very, very transparent in what she believes. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. All right, got to get a break in. It's uh, 62 degrees at uh, nine minutes till seven. 30% chance of a shower today with a high of 71. All right, back with you. Uh, don't forget again, tomorrow night, eight o'clock start time. Myself, Robert Steinbach, J.R. Davis, Elizabeth Sotolaro, uh, will all right be here in the studio with you, and uh, we'll talk about Super Tuesday. Now, we're going to talk about what's going on across the United State, States, of course, but we'll also talk specifically about who won and who lost in the primaries here in Arkansas, and uh, we'll zero in on uh, a lot of the judges' races because that's the general election for them. If you didn't know and you've been saying, eh, I don't know if I'll vote or whatever, if you want to have a say on who's going to be the judges, you got to vote tomorrow or today. The judges are a very important part yes, they of, are. of our government system. It is very important to, to know who you're voting for a judge. They're going to be making major decisions. Yeah, they're the, they're the, the supreme legislative branch in, in yeah. America. Yeah, don't... don't uh, <laughs> Yeah, think that they're not important until you stand in front of one. Yeah, and they can, they can <laughs> when, a, when a judge can throw you in jail without a jury trial of any sort and you never really get a, um, any kind of trial at all because of a contempt charge or something of that nature, from what I understand, they've got tons of power. Well, let's yeah. get red flag laws and see how important <laughs> judges oh, are. Let's not even, let's not even go there. <laughs> okay. Let's make sure that we, we keep that from even being considered strongly except from the um, – very minor minority party in the state legislature, which is the Democratic Party. Well, I hope you're right, but yeah, uh, we've, sure heard, we've, so. we've heard it out of some of the of, of some of the Republican side's mouth. We've heard it out of some of. Oh, them, really? But, Who? Well, besides we, Cooper. Well, uh, uh, well, the governor has said that he would support red flag laws in in on in interviews in the Democrat as long as they had uh, what did he call it? Uh, had a pathway or to uh to uh, getting your guns back well it was I basically think. no it was, he said that due process he would support due one that had due process problem is with a red flag law there is no, there is no due process which tells me his way of saying 
ain't supporting it. Well, I hope you're right. And, uh, and I, we had some of them in Washington that kind of got on the bandwagon and kind of led, led people to believe that they might support them if they had due process. So saying that you support red flag laws and saying due process in the same sentence, you can't do that. Okay. That's talking out of both right. sides of your All mouth. All I'm saying is that yeah. I, I have not heard the Arkansas GOP in any way, shape, or form come out with any kind of leaning towards red flag laws. No. I, don't, I don't think you'd ever see that happen. Democrats, on the other hand, as really? soon as they started hearing they this concept, you know, Will Bond, who's not there, going to be there anymore, and Letting from up in northwest Arkansas were immediately on board on that. Oh, definitely. So that, uh, that's... That's a liberal agenda. I think one of the problems with that, they can write due process into the law, but the problem is that we can't trust government to actually follow the due process. The red flag means there is no due process. Red no, that's flag, exactly that's, right. Red flag, takes it out. even the name of it, the purpose of this law is to eliminate due process. That's what a red flag So we can take does. your guns It now. eliminates due process. Now, we can give you a process so two months or six months later you can hire an attorney and try to get your guns back. Yeah, we're going to take them. Process. Now come and get them. <laughs> the due process is to get them back. Well, and the other problem is due process, but I'm just saying that the red flag laws is bad with Republicans in place, but you get Democratic judges and Democrat leadership, and then that gives them the right one of the problems is that so many judges are left leaning, and they're and just, that's kind of the nature. That's of why judges' races are important. That's they are a, important. That's the only reason I brought that controversial subject up. Is it's how important. dare you bring judges up? <laughs> it is, imp- <laughs> it it really is important isn't. to own your judges because uh, it, it they really, can interpret the law. Yeah, they can. They, and not only will they interpret the law, they will make up law they, they, because of the power that they've been. Now, I wouldn't say they've been granted, but they've taken and not been ch- checked out. Yeah, we the, saw the how Obama judges not. interpret the law. We saw how Obama's judges do it. They do it politically. All right. We got to get a break. We got news at the top of the hour. R.D. wants a break, he told me. We got another break coming up. I said, yeah, so that tells me he needs to get out of the studio for a minute. We'll be back with more in a few moments with your traffic, your weather, your news, and more talk that you want to talk about when you get to work here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back with you. Man, I'll let anybody in my studio. (laughs) Ken Yang joins us now. I brought in Ken because Ken, uh, if you didn't know, he does a lot of work with family council and whatnot. But he also does, uh, on on his own, a lot of work with uh, candidates around the state. So he knows the political minefield that is Arkansas. Yes, Arkansas, and uh, and y'all. I hear y'all talking about national politics. You know, I've been on three presidential campaigns. Only one. I'll, I'll only, only hold one, one against you. Only one. I'll admit to now. <laughs> uh, I worked on Newt Gingrich's campaign. There, that's the now, one that I'm that's most the proud best of. one. I won't. We won't talk about the one he told me he was going to work on. I looked at him and said, "What? <laughs> what? <clears throat> you know and what then, I'm talking yes. about." <laughs> and then the second one, which is in the middle, uh, you know. I, 
obviously Governor Romney won the nomination that year, so everyone went and worked for him. You're not going to support Obama. No. Oh, but no. Uh, Romney makes it harder for us alum of his well, campaign. Well, now to, he does. He makes it really uh, hard for you now. Oh, man. He was a socialist light to start with, and now he's just crazy. Every time his name was say, said at CPAC <clears throat> this last week, course is a booze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. I don't see how he's liked in Utah anymore. I understand. Oh, we always called him Multiple Choice Mitt. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was his nickname. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor guy. I think he's uh, he's very strong in cronyism. So he's he's for whoever's to his advantage at the time. So when you're not standing on principles, much like the Democratic Party, then if you don't have basic principles you're standing for, then you can be pulled any direction. Yeah. What were we talking about there at the end? of last hour uh paul because i wanted to pursue it a little further you were making Mm. a point uh do you remember i can't remember now i'm sorry okay (laughs) when when you remember bring it up okay because it was a point and then i'll see if i can remember the point that i was going to bring up (laughs) you know i don't know if i I will not these these antibiotics i just don't know it's kind of screwed with my head sometimes Mm. ken what have you been up to uh, I mean, you've been on talking about the voter's guide and things of that nature, uh, nature but, you know, which candidates have you been working with this year? Uh, Primary-wise, I have a few uh, judicial candidates, some um, j- local JP candidates around the state that have primaries. Uh, state legislature-wise, people that have primaries, that I've represented Brant Smith. Oh. Is in a primary. Up yes, Brent Smith. Yes, <laughs> I love Brent Smith. Uh, and then Tony Furman down in my my area. How is Brent doing? Well, I think there's some concern of him being a victim of the Senate race. I think obviously if Sullivan's strong, yeah. Smith is strong. If Cooper's strong, it might be a bad. Like I said, Representative Smith could be a victim of of that Senate race. Okay. All right. Well, I I got to tell you. Brand Smith, we got we need to keep him in the yes. house. Well, he's running against someone who's on uh, video being a self-proclaimed moderate. I mean, he just says, "Hey, I am a I am a moderate. I'm a proud of it." His opponent uh, talks about how he's uh, for red flag laws. So he's on the cutting edge of mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, listen, listen to what he's saying. Did you just hear that last? Yeah. Yeah. Red, red flag like, laws. Red flag yeah. His laws. opponent's for red flag laws uh, against standard ground. Uh, for the tax uh, tax increase, I are mean, you sure it's not John roads? Cooper running oh, for both? Well. All- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it sounds like John Cooper running for both uh, seats. And the, and the, but at least this guy's uh, honest about it. I mean, he just flat out goes out there and says he's for these things, which I, I'm still befuddled of why he says there there needs to be a new direction for this seat. But uh, you know, so Brent, which, which direction does he want? It to uh, it really, that sounds no, like really the bad same direction, direction it's going. <laughs> That's listening. not a new direction. That's the same direction, Ken. Yeah. Is that not Cooper's direction that yeah. he's talking? Well, this, it's not, this, this he, that's state, not Cooper's seat. State state that's Brant Smith's seat. Yeah. So okay, we need to keep right. Brant. Okay. Yeah, we need uh, to keep Brant in there. Uh, but Brant, you know, we've, we've run a good campaign, and a lot at this point, I always tell my candidates, you do what you need to do, get out the vote. The rest is left to God now. You know, it's it's God's yeah. will whether you're going to come back or go in. Um, but I think uh, Brant's run a good race. Uh, you know, locally, <clears throat> I try not to do too much in my own community because, you know, in local politics, people get their feelings hurt so easily. Mm-hmm. But Tony Furman came to me when he decided to run for Jason Kelly's open seat. So, you know, I had lost Kerry Murphy two years ago as my yeah. client, and he lost to Jason Kelly. 
And uh, so it's the same district. So there's a little redemption in it uh, for myself. Uh, but Tony's just a great, great candidate. Well, here's the key about Tony. And, and it took time for people to find out what he stood for. Right. And uh, some people gave him some money finally. Yes. And he was able to get some mailers out. People now know the differences between him and what McClure, right? Yes, yes. And, and there's significant differences. There is a big, big difference. You know, you have uh, a lifelong Democrat, even though she likes to say she's a lifelong Republican, you have a lifelong Democrat running as a Republican, someone who worked for uh, Mark Pryor, someone who worked at the state capitol in the early 2000s when there were all, when there were 71 Democrats in the House and rest were Republicans, Someone who appeared in a Democrat governor's association attack ad funded by Mike Bloomberg. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, funded by Mike Bloomberg. But she's a lifelong Republican. She's a lifelong Republican. Mm. You know, it's it's, it's one thing to be able to say you've transitioned uh, because you have a lot of Democrats who said, hey, I've seen the light. I'm a Republican now. You know, some of them. We know it's not true. None of them have. That's true. I'm just saying. Some true, some not. uh, uh, I I always tell people, I I like to think there are true believers that done that because Linda Collins was was the one that really did that. She was the outliner. I'm just telling you. Well, more conservative than some of our Republican Conservatives even. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, you can't call yourself a lifelong Republican when you've done all those things. Uh, and I tell people it's it's not personal. You it's a it's a competition, and a competition you have to show people compare and contrast. Uh, and some people want to take it personal. Some people want to go whether it's on social media or behind the scenes and say awful things about other people. But I tell people it's not personal. It's a compare and contrast. Froman versus McClure. This is what you get. Same thing in the Cooper Sullivan race. Same thing in the Gilmore Dunklin race. So on and so forth. Uh, and people need to know who they're running for. And if if Mc, McClure wins, I'll support uh, McClure because it's the right thing to do. As you we, yep. we always say, you always say on the show, the Republicans always better than the Democrat. And uh, we, we the keep, worst Republican yeah. is better than the Amen. best Democrat. Amen. And then, <laughs> this is and my then we kinda, And then we keep the we keep them in line. You know, yep. uh, we we keep them in line. So but I've been doing a lot of that, and then keeping up with the. National stuff, as you know, I'm really uh, always uh, uh, fascinated with stuff like that, and, and South Carolina was was fascinating, and uh, I think Biden blew it out of the park because he won by 20 plus percentage points. Yeah, so. well, he did that. He made 20, he made 10 million dollars over the last two days, but uh, Bernie did 48 million in February. Yeah. So I I still Biden better have his his climbing, uh, you know. What do you call those things that you climb up the side of the mountain? Oh, the, um, uh, ice axes. Yeah, the ice axes yeah. going because he's going to need them to be able to get this. It's going to be a – what do you think? Is it going to be a broker convention in uh, Milwaukee? I think so. I don't see how they can keep from getting it now. No, no. there's not a clear front runner. Um, you know, I think Biden's win, you know, narrows the margin after Super Tuesday because, you know, what's funny, you mentioned $10 million. When Newt Gingrich won South Carolina in uh, 2012, we got 10 million. 10 million, right okay. after. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, we went into Super Tuesday, which ten million is really not that much to play in all. That's those what states. people don't understand. It's not a lot of money. I mean, Bernie spent one hundred and forty million over the mm-hmm. last two weeks. Yeah, and so, but I still think Buttigieg run uh, getting out the money. I think it makes Biden stronger in places like Virginia. North Carolina, Texas, places where Buttigieg was polling 6 8%. Obviously, not all those people are going to go to Biden, but I think a good portion. I got of, a breakdown of, right I, here. I heard, I heard <laughs> earlier. Uh, and I think uh, you had mentioned Amy. I think Amy's staying in because yeah, she knows. Well, she knows she's going to win Minnesota. And okay. it's, it's good for the soul to feel good that you won your home state. Which is why I find it odd that Warren is staying in because usually she's losing you, in usually Massachusetts. Usually, if you know you're going to you know. lose your home state, you drop out because yeah. you don't want that on your record. Yeah. So I think uh, Amy stays in because she's going to pick up delegates from Minnesota. She's going to win her home state. It'll make her feel good. It'll make her feel good. It's, it's that's all about feelings, that's right? right? Huh? Warren will drop out. <laughs> Amy will stay through the March 10th primaries. Oh, in, okay. In my, in my opinion, because because of winning, uh, because of winning Minnesota. <laughs> Warren dropping out, I think she'll say, let's, you know, one more week, see what happens in those. I think it's three pretty decent big primaries on March 10th. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. I want to hear what Ken has to say. What's the difference between having someone who's running for the state house in a primary and somebody who's running for a judgeship? How does that differ in the way you run their can- your candidacy? I want to hear what he has to say about that we got a lot more coming ken yang has joined us rd hoppers here paul calvert's here power panel is sitting in the house right now on the dave ellswick show 18 minutes after 7 62 degrees looking for a high of 71 degrees today so if you're watching on uh, facebook and by the way you can always watch on facebook on the dave ellswick show all you got to do is go to facebook.com slash dave ellswick show from left to right Artie Hopper is hey, over everybody. here. Then you got Paul Calvert in the middle, and then on the far end, you're nearest to you on the, the camera. That is Ken Yang. It's good to have them all three in here today to join us. Power panel on the Dave Ellswick show uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a guest from the RNC on, and we'll also have Elizabeth in here, and we got the Bible guys tomorrow too. And then I'm off for the rest of the week, as y'all know. Uh, Wednesday, I will be recovering from election night uh, coverage <laughs> on Tuesday night. I'll be here from 8 to 10 and, and maybe later, depending on how things are dragging out. But uh, I need to get a little bit of sleep before I go back on the air or I'll say something really stupid. <laughs> Not saying I don't say stupid things when I've been sleeping either. But uh, bottom line, up again. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to come in and work. We got uh, uh, the uh, state treasurer. Uh, the Secretary of the State Treasury, Dennis Milligan. Milligan. He's former Arkansas GOP chairman, and he'll be here. And then on Thursday, J.R. Davis will fill in for me. And then uh, on Friday, Robert Steinbach will be staying. And we're going to let Ken Yang in the near future fill in for me. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> That's coming. He'll get, get, his, he'll get his chance. I've held off because... I've been making him pay penance for one person that he supported nationally. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not that's not true in any way, shape, or form. But uh, Ken's a good guy. It's just that I know that he's busy, 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 really busy. So, uh, but we'll get him in here in the in the future. I hopefully will be back then on Monday 
have to have surgery on my right foot again. Yeah, and hopefully, more yeah, hopefully mm. we'll get this. Well, you know, they got yeah, me on see, this anti- antibiotic stuff IV again, thing. and uh, hopefully they can get in and get this totally fixed. I'm fingers crossed. Wow. Prayers that's, said, you know, whatever. That's okay. Awful. So let's ask Mr. Yang, uh, uh, I think, a real pertinent question, because I've been pushing this for a long time. Open or close primaries? Because you look up at what's happening in Craighead County right now. Well, you've got a a candidate that's running to get reelected as a Republican who is, you know, very open to pushing and saying, hey, if you're a Democrat, ask for a Republican ballot and you can vote for me. You know, I have problems with that. I think it should be closed primaries. What's your thoughts, Ken? Well, I've been listening to you recently about talking about it, and I've, I've always advocated for many states to do a semi-closed primary, which is a hybrid of both. Okay. But uh, you've convinced me, and just being more involved in the political process here in Arkansas, that we need closed primaries. Well, you're seeing it down in where you're working yes, at. Yes, in Saline, where, where Furman's opponent is, uh, her supporters have saying, hey, Democrat, fellow Democrats, request a uh, Republican ballot or your candidate won't be on there. And so I think uh, having a closed primary would prevent that because people would have to go and register as a Republican yep. or as an independent or as a Democrat and then come and they'll, they have to register by a certain time before the primary, you know, so you can't just day before register as whatever because it defeat the purpose, and then you'd have to vote in that particular particular primary. And I think it's good. I think uh, you register of what you truly truly believe in, uh, and whether you're a Republican or Democrat, which is sometimes why I lean towards that semi semi open because that that's when independents can. Uh, you know, decide whether they want to vote in a Democrat or Republican primary. But then you you come across that same problem of Democrats calling themselves independents yep. and then crossing over to vote in See, in I just Republican don't buy primary. into that whole Operation Chaos stuff. I used to hate it when Rush would do that. <laughs> I just hated it. It just, you know, go do it. Go and vote for the, who you think is the worst candidate on the other part. No. Yeah. Vote for who you think you have. That's that right. nobody can beat. I agree. I mean, the, you know, when I ran in my primary in 2014, the Democrats said uh, to go uh, in the Republican primary and vote for me because I would have been the easier one to defeat in the general. So I appreciated that, even though it didn't really help. Uh, but uh, that's what we're trying to prevent. Uh, because actually someone was on Facebook the other day saying, hey, I'm thinking about voting in the Democrat primary, and I told him not to. I said, I told him, vote in the Republican primary. That's that's where you want to vote in. Don't yeah. don't buy into all this, let's mess <laughs> with their thing, because we'd be doing the same thing as we don't want, want them doing. That's, yeah, correct. that's what my point is. Whenever we elect people, do we want them to go up to the Capitol and, and, and vote the other way just because – you know, it's the most convenient thing to do, and that's the way the majority is going. We want people with principles that's going to vote their conscience and vote the platform that they ran on. Yep. And when you have an open primary, too many times you'll have people self-proclaiming being a moderate, or you'll have people that will send out their information, and you can't tell what they stand for because their information is so general it doesn't convict them of anything right. because they're trying to appeal to the Democrats. That's right. We do not want Republicans that are elected by Democrats. I agree. I agree. That's that's what we saw and uh, the first time we took over in the House, and 
Terry Rice was supposed to be the Speaker of the yeah. House. And, yes, sir. And the, Thank the, you. the Democrats and a few so-called Republicans did a coup and David Carter became became Speaker. Thank John, you for bringing what's his that name? up. What was, his, what was John's name up there? Uh, Sorry, the B. Ferris. Ferris, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he was he was the person who pushed Carter into that position. Yep. About six six or so Republicans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and and we know they were they were a group of people that were trying to lean to the left on uh, socialized medicine, and and they felt like they had a better chance. Yeah, which get, is why we got the, Which is why we got, you know first time Republicans get into the office, and we get private we get Medicaid expansion. Thank, Thank you, John Cooper. <laughs> Government grows. Now I will. I'll yeah. call out Cooper on that and stand your ground because he just yeah. he just voted liberal on both of those pieces of legislation. But he ran. I mean, he ran, and he had the Faulkner County Tea Party knocking on doors for him and everything up in Craighead County. Everyone, they burned. They, a, they burned a lot. They burned a lot of shoe leather yeah. up there and got him elected. And he ran on no expansion. And then the first time he came up on a vote, he voted for it. It didn't take him long to flip. He already had his mind made up before he got I here. I guess he did. I'm, I'm well, going to assume. I, I, I think what happens is that people get elected, and then they come down, and lobbyists are effective at, at changing minds. It, they, they, it really works. Well, um, that tells me the principles well, and that's, and that's, that's the exactly problem right. is that in so particular candidates are so many, not solidly and that's, instilled. And that's part of the problem is that so many people – they have ideas, but they're not really principles. They're they're not solid enough to actually qualify as principles. They well, I like conservative ideas. Well, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, Biden is probably a conservative compared to Sanders, so they're both. They're I both, wouldn't say that. They're even. both socialist, but <laughs> Biden may be a little bit more of a conservative socialist. Yeah. Yeah, Biden's for Biden. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. All right. Let's get a break. Rush is coming up with his uh, minute. We want to get that in for you, and then we'll come back and continue our conversation, 62 degrees. All right, back, Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 62 degrees, going to get to a high of 71 today. There is a chance for a shower. You might want to carry an umbrella with you uh, to work today. And then uh, right now we're looking at about 25 till 8. So you got 25 minutes to get to work if you got to be there by 8 o'clock. So you might want to nudge it a little bit more. I'm just saying, you might have to do that. Ken Yang's here along with R.D. Hopper and Paul Calvert. They are the power panel today on our Monday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. We do this every Monday. We bring in the movers and shakers. Mm-hmm. Paul and R.D. are always here. Jan Morgan drops by from time to time now. When we started going in the morning, it's more ever so often. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, Ken gave me a call and said, hey. If you ever need me to come in, I'll be happy to come in. And I wanted to get him in here because he's very active in local politics. And as everybody knows, we talk about local politics. I don't know any other radio station that talks local politics the way we do here on the I Dave Ellswick Show. We try to keep you up to date on all of that. Now, you said that you're representing um, people running for, like, state rep, uh, but you're also representing some judges. What's the difference in promoting people to vote for a judge versus voting for a candidate in the state, you know, legislature. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're nonpartisan and there there are specific laws and canons and rules that judicial candidates have to abide by. And I know the general some of the general public they don't they don't like it. They think 
judges are hiding behind certain things. Well, um, they are. But that's they right. are. But uh, <laughs> uh, which means that the public has to do more research. You know, uh, judicial candidates, they're, you know, I said you're better safe than sorry. They don't want to say anything that will uh, warrant uh, something to go to the ethics uh, commission or the, specifically the judicial disciplinary commission, ethics commission. Uh, or they don't want to say anything where down the line they'll have to recuse themselves uh, or get within a certain case. So there, so it it's it's incumbent on on people to do their research. Do what uh, primaries did these people vote in? Uh, what events do these people typically uh, uh, attend? And or then raising they, money is who do they donate to? Who do they donate to? Correct. And and then uh, you know the. And then you got to look at all that and make a make a good decision because they'll come in and say, "I'm conservative" or "I work for so and so," so that you know you think because they work for a particular uh, uh, person, uh, they want you to think that they're conservative. Uh, there's someone running in Little Rock that's trying to do that, uh, but uh, you know raising money is really difficult. Uh, so they're, then, not, they're not allowed to ask for money. They're not allowed to ask for money. Now, I have to ask for money or the treasurer. Typically, you appoint a treasurer to be the one to ask ask for money. It's, and, it's a weird race. And then they can't – then they they can't, they don't – they're not supposed to know who donated to them. So I have to work with the treasurer uh, to file their financial disclosure reports, making sure everything's correct and whatnot. Because if they're – a nightmare. They, which, which if there's a mistake – I don't get fine. It's yeah. the candidate that gets yeah, fine. They're not even allowed to check it. Yeah, they're not even allowed to check it. That's bizarre. You know, Kim, that is bizarre on, on that side, but people really need to do their research anyway. People, sometimes I think we're all too lazy and think that we can just show up and vote for someone with an R and a D beside their name. Correct. Well, I know people like the easy button, but when it comes to politics and who you're voting for, you need to do the same research for the House and the Senate member as you have to do for the judge. I agree. I agree. You, I mean, you got to delve into the details and this whole, oh, this sounds good. Oh, this guy's nice. Or she, she's always uh, fair. And I'm like, no, uh, you know, these people, some of them will stay circuit judge forever, and which is maybe fine. Uh, but many of these newer judges, they, the Democrats have gone into hiding in nonpartisan races. If they haven't pretended that they're a Republican, they've gone into municipalities to run for city council or mayors, or they've gone into the judicial branch to run nonpartisan. So we have to do our job to say, hey, you know, this this candidate uh, worked for Clinton, or this candidate has never voted in a Republican primary, or this candidate likes to attend the uh, uh, Me Too uh, women's marches and things of that sort. Uh, uh, that, that would be he's not making this stuff up. Yeah, yeah. So well, he, he and, speaks from experience. Well, yeah, so, yeah. So it's, it's, so it's a pain in the neck to actually figure out that's what right. the candidates believe. And there's but, so but many. You of can them. dig a little bit, yeah. and you can ask a few questions. Sometimes you can reveal some stuff. One of the things that I've discovered, you can ask judges, and a lot of times they will answer you. Is ask them what they believe about precedent, or in their terms, stare decisis. Do they believe that? previous court traditions or previous court precedent is binding law. Some of them will say, yes, it is binding law. And others will say that, no, we actually have to follow the Constitution as it's written. In other words, they, have, they, they think they can learn, they can read yep. and follow it for themselves. And that's, that's the actual, that's, I believe that is their responsibility. But many judges believe 
that they have a duty to follow court precedent, which is why we have Roe v. Wade that is treated like law. Mm. And so that dumb idea that stare decisis has been the result of tens of millions of dead babies. Yeah, and you, and you have to – I think that's a great point, Paul. I think you can ask that. I think one of the questions that people have been asking more now than ever is – which current Supreme Court justice do you uh, uh, do align with? They've been listening to the Dave yeah. Ellsworth show, <laughs> and uh, and then they... you can really you can really make a decision just based on that. But there are yes, so they many tell the truth. Yeah, they, they, they well, tell yeah. the truth. But there are so many uh, uh, people that do. Uh, you have a lot of we'll just say Pulaski County. There are a lot of people, a lot of judges running Pulaski, and a lot of them are lying or misleading uh, right. the public on who they who they really are, and it, it makes me angry. Uh, and uh, it makes me angry enough to say that Sean Johnson's one of those people that goes around telling how conservative he is because he works for Leslie Rutledge, but there's not a conservative bone in his body. Okay. See, transparency on the Dave Ellsworth. He's running for judge here in Pulaski County, and Andy Ballard is the person that mm-hmm. people should vote for. Okay. I think a good question for someone in the House or Senate rate is do you support the half a cent tax for more money for roads? That's Whenever right. uh, we have enough money, we're one of the most taxed states in the area. We have more taxes than any adjoining state, and we're spending – we have plenty of money for Medicaid expansion, but we don't have money to pay our, pave our roads, and there's nothing that they can cut – to do the See, money. I, so. I, I disagree. We do have the money to pave our roads. Yeah. I, I – I'm just going to use the term that I'll always say about politicians. There are those who will govern, and then there's those who will tax. That's right. And uh, you, if you govern and govern correctly, you have enough money to do what you need to do. But, you know, my thing with that is no matter where you stand on supporting the, 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 the continuation of the tax, how can you defend – putting a permanent tax in the constitution that's my biggest argument for it and the reason i voted i'll vote against it an ever senator that i've talked to says well i i want to let the people decide but i can't support it but they're all going to they're going to vote for it so people out there listening if you see someone running for the house or senate if they support putting a half a cent tax in the state constitution with a trigger on it that raises it periodically, mm. I think every two years, then that person, uh, you do not need to elect them because you will never get to vote on that tax again, and it will automatically raise itself. All right, let's go to the phones. We've got Mark here from North Little Rock. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, sir. I do have one question, and I apologize if it's something you mentioned earlier. What's that? Is there somewhere I can go that I can look and see where – the judges stand on certain issues so that I can be a more informed voter because that's a good like question. Saying, a lot of times we just get the flyers that come in the in the mail and there's nothing on there and it drives me crazy that you can't distinguish who is conservative, who stands on what particular issue, and how they would go. Obviously, they can't put their partisan beliefs on there. I guess. But oh no, I'm they're nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure they're not. That's anyway. right. I want you to just listen in. I got to get a break in, and then when we come back, Thanks, I'm going to have Ken Yang talk again about some of the things that he said earlier about how you can find out where a candidate stands on issues because he mentioned a couple of things that I hadn't even thought about, and they were really good. That's all coming up as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. RD is here, Paul's here, Ken's here. 
It's a quarter till eight. It's 62 degrees. Looking for a high today of 71. 747, 13 minutes until 8 o'clock, and uh, still holding at 62 degrees. Got about a 30% chance of a shower, maybe even a thunderstorm today, and a high of 71 degrees. We get to no chances of rain by, well, Thursday. Thursday may be dry. Well, at least sunny. Tuesday's looking better than what it was. Yeah, oh, they were talking about an inch of rain on yeah. Tuesday, and that's really you know, going backwards. So, because uh, Jr. and I were talking about how the deluge was coming, and you might want to vote early just because of that. I should have been a meteorologist. You don't ever have to be right. You don't have to be right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Just take best guess, and you don't have to be your best guess as far as that's concerned. Okay. We had a caller asked, how do you go about learning about the people running for the judges? You came up with, you named about five or six different things, Ken. Yeah. You'll run over that again. Um, you can, you know, ask them. I think ask them questions. I think Paul mentioned asking them a particular question about precedents, asking them uh, who do they most align with in the current uh, Supreme Court. I think one of the biggest things is at, uh, you can call your county clerk's office and ask for, you know, you call county clerk's office and ask for Ken Yang's primary voting record. It's uh, public information. They have to give it to you. And you can ask that and look at, uh, have, you know, since 2002, have, what, have they voted in Democrat or Republican primaries? Uh, and then I, I think social media is really good on the fact of go on their social media page, see what they're posting, see which types of people are sharing and liking their page. And then typically they'll have a private page, which you can still go on and look at, see what events they've attended, see what like what they like to share, what they've uh, 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 what they promote, you know, some of the candidates will promote Trump stuff or conservative stuff. Some of the candidates will promote uh, before they were uh, candidates. Uh, they'll promote uh, going to a, a pro pro life rally, you or know, pro life rally or a pro choice rally. And so you can also look up who they've donated money to. Who they donated money to? I so think uh, the, maybe maybe they've donated to Arkansas Right to Life or maybe a Family Council or something yeah. of that nature. And so you can look up these types of things, and if, or, or maybe they've donated to uh, Moms Demand Action That's right. or something of that nature. Uh, and so you can look up some of that stuff that is public information. Correct. You can go to opensecrets.org and type in whatever name you want and see who Dave Ellswick has donated to uh, uh, national uh, um, or state uh, candidates uh, or whoever you want. Uh, it's a good website. Um that uh, shows where people have donated, whether they've donated but, to Obama or whether they've donated to, you know, a conservative. Sure, but it is difficult to figure out what a, what a judge candidate actually believes on specific issues. Correct. It's, well, it's, it's hard. It's, it's frustrating. It's difficult to find out what any candidate sure. actually believes on any right. Be- issue. Because so if you don't do the same re- research, I believe in doing the research like you guys are talking mm-hmm. about, and that's excellent information. But if you don't do this same research for any candidate right. and you take them for face value, well, and one of the then problems you're is, going to be in the same boat. One of the problems is a lot of candidates, they don't even know what they themselves believe because a lot of times they've kind of got kind of soft ideas about what they think government should do and what government should be. And then when they get elected, they, they get into the swamp. And they're up to their neck or up to their eyeballs. Well, here's and, and they, here's they, the key. they can't find the bathrooms, and they're 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 all confused. The reason that happens that is that most people vote on what they hear from other people. Huh. You know, they don't go to candidate forums and things of that nature. They say they don't have enough time, and I say 
it's foolish. You got to find the time to do that stuff, and you got to go and ask questions. Well, Absolutely must ask a questions. Real good, a real good senator or house member will show up at your at your Rotary clubs. They will show up at your community events. They will show up at your crime watches, and they will show up and give you information. Like Cameron Cooper mm. it, uh, in uh, in my district, we have a crime watch. He shows up ever about once a quarter at the crime watch. He gives us real information. He gives us a copy of the state budget. He tells us about the initiatives that are coming up and if they're for freedom or against freedom. I mean, he is somebody. So tell that everybody you don't have who Cameron Cooper is. Cameron Cooper is the House representative from the Searcy, uh, El Paso area there. I don't know the number, his district, but he replaced Joe Farrar. Okay. He is a real conservative. Yeah. He is a family man that has Christian values that votes his conscience whenever it comes time to vote. So you tell me any issues. Yes. I know Cameron Cooper well enough that I can feel like I can tell you how he's going to vote for it beforehand. He is not a crony of anybody. And that's and this thing, thing is you can go out and ask a lot of candidates. A lot of them will tell you what they believe. A lot of them aren't very shy. Some of them are, are, are a little more polished, and they'll they'll give you a mouthful of nothing. But a lot of the newer candidates, they'll actually tell you what they believe, and some of them will just make fools of themselves because they have no idea what they believe sometimes. <laughs> but, but, but if they don't show up and don't tell you, right. you don't know. That's but, right. But, but yeah. don't be afraid to ask and figure out how to ask questions. Don't just mumble along. Just do a little do a little research and figure out how to ask the questions and, Especially and what Especially the things that are important to you. I mean, Correct. if you're really pro-life, Pepper them with pro-life questions. Sure. Ask them, right. do you believe that a child is alive or in a human being that has any rights at the time of conception? If if they can't answer that question, that maybe that candidate hasn't really thought about this. Or they much. beat around the bush. Or if they beat yeah. around the bush. Or some some <laughs> yes. of the candidates might come along and say, well, if the mother was raped, then I think it's okay to kill her child. Well, and that's and they won't actually say it that way. They might say, well, I think it's okay to go ahead and terminate the pregnancy early if, if the mother was raped. and. Well, is that principled? I don't think it is. Yeah, Ken? Well, yeah, I think you ask questions. Uh, the only caveat I see, and I know a lot of times social media is this echo chamber, uh, you know, ask questions that aren't gotcha questions. You know, don't don't be like the liberals and try to ask these gotcha questions and corner these candidates into a corner. You're not going to berate them into believing what you want them to believe. You're not going to offend them into believing what you want them to believe. <laughs> Uh, and so I think if you want FaceTime with candidates, talk to them like adults, talk to them yeah. like human beings. And I see a lot of this, well, so-and-so won't talk to our group. Well, there's a reason why they won't talk to your group because you're spreading lies about them or you're talking uh, to them in a condescending and, and uh, berating, berating type type ways yes they are still people they are still voters but but uh we're human beings you know we're no, you know and no that, one and that's what i'm saying yeah. is that the fact is that you're not running yeah. th- these these candidates running are not jesus they don't have the temperament of jesus they will get angry and, and frustrated with you Amen. and cut you off and so you do need to be careful with how you talk <laughs> i to them. agree a lot of them have thin skins that's not good but the fact is they're still human yeah they're not perfect yeah. they're that's not one- jesus that's one thing I've learned about being on the show that I wasn't so good at. But Dave, <laughs> I wasn't so good at doing what your suggestion was, Ken, and, and maybe I still need some improvement in that department. But if people don't show up, that's one thing Dave has been good up at is having people from both sides of the coin on his show 
and and let give them the opportunity to speak for what they stand for. Some of them do a good job of it, and some of them don't do a good job of it. No, the but, ones who don't do a good job aren't prepared to to yeah. represent anybody. Well, and Dave's always fair, and uh, and it, it's hard to say. Well, just because Dave was fair, that means he wasn't hard enough on so and so candidate. It's like no, Dave's just being fair. Dave's letting yeah, people. Everybody wants talk. me to yell at people. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they want. I, I I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore because they also have the option of saying, well. I'm not going to come on your yeah, show I don't need anymore, to come Dave. on anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody wants me to nail Asa Hutchinson to the wall whenever he comes on. And I ask him the tough questions. I let him answer the tough questions, but I'm going to do it respectfully. Number one, he's the governor of the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Well, we're supposed to treat people with respect, no, yeah. no matter what. And if we don't listen to what people say, we're no different than the Democrats or anybody else. So everybody needs Agreed. an opportunity to state their case and, and, and their position, and then people can make an informed decision off of that. Yeah. Did you guys see who was at uh, Joe Biden? Was it, is it Jill Biden? Is that his wife's name? Jill, Jill? I think. Yeah, yeah, she was at some church here locally. Did you see who showed up? Who's that? A former senator was there. Come on, come on, Ken. You'll know who I'm talking about. A Democrat senator was there. Former senator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guy by the name of Cotton, or uh, I tell you, Bozeman, I guess it was. Beat her into the ground. Uh, Blanche Lincoln. Blanche Lincoln was there. Oh, my goodness. That's the first time I've even... Is that not, to my recollection, first time since the election she's then in public. that she's been here? She was at a rally front. earlier uh, this this year uh, for someone else, too. Yeah, she works on K Street now, from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what K Street is... Google is that Washington, Washington D.C. You got all these, is, you got all these the old guards. You know, the priors have come out to endorse people. Blanche Lincoln's come out. Vic Schneider came out the other day to endorse. I think Amy Klobuchar. Really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, you get all this. The people that I thought had disappeared into oblivion. Mm. I will say this about Vic. I never agreed with Vic Schneider on almost anything. But if I called his office and asked for him to join me on my show, he always made himself available. Number one, people will say this all the time, number one on constituent services. He was always, Hmm. from what I heard, always real good with when it came to constituent services you know i mean we didn't even agree about vietnam (laughs) that's going back man let me tell you but the bottom line is if i called him he'd show up i mean when i'd go to washington dc to do my show uh and i'd be at the heritage foundation none of the other democrats would even walk in there i thought i guess they thought they were going to explode in the flames or something but uh, Vic yeah. come, came over and sat down in the studio and talked with me. It is nice to have to have elected officials who will do that. And well, Tim, they Tim, should. Tim Griffin is another one of those. Oh, Tim's guys. really good he about that. He gives a cell phone number out to all everybody. The time. It's, yeah. it's it's, it's kind of cool how how um, transparent it is. And I like that about various different candidates. That even if I disagree with him, David I, Ray does that and, on and, the cell phone. Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen him do that. And and then, but then even some of the other candidates or other elected officials, it's like Jason Rayford. A lot of people don't like Jason Rayford. But he is a person that's very accessible on Facebook and wherever else. You may not like what he has to tell you. I'm just worried. I'm just worried. <laughs> yeah. If you, no, if no, you, you may not. If you're on the other side, but, he'll tell you but, where he's but, from. But the thing is, I like the fact that he's he's on Facebook so much and he's telling people what he thinks. I, I, right. I appreciate that. Got to get a break. News is next. 62 degrees, 63 in Cabot, by the way. More coming your way in just a few moments.
back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, everybody, yeah, I was wrong. I was just saying that uh, I was talking about Linda Collins-Smith just a moment ago, and because we were talking about Democrats that became Republicans. Mm. And you know what? She didn't just become a Republican. She came, became one of the great conservatives uh, here in the state of Arkansas. But uh, David Crow used to have a weekly, bi-weekly meeting during the General Assembly uh, downstairs in the cafeteria area at one time. And it was called, what was that Conservative called? Caucus. Yeah, the conserv- Conservative Caucus. And uh, she showed up to talk to us. And she says, I'm a Democrat, and I'm I'm now Switching a Republican. Yeah, and I came right out of my mouth. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to prove this to me. And I, I, she did. And did she ever. And yeah, so she, she, she did. Be, she became yeah. one of our one of the favorites on the show. Yeah, she was a great lady. Uh, she made made the change. I see most Repu- or Democrats changing to become Republicans so they can get R in front of their name so they can get reelected. Mm. Because they know if they have a D in front of their name, it ain't going to happen. Correct. And and if and sometimes they they get some some support if people think that uh, that they're going to vote for Medicaid expansion and more taxes and everything. So uh, it's it's easy to sell higher taxes and free stuff. So sometimes if somebody wants to switch over, they can get some support. You ask a, a candidate. Just ask him. Are are will will you govern or will you tax? That's a good question. Tell me, tell me, what would have to be said to you to make you think that you should support Raise a tax, yeah. especially a tax that's going to be put into the Constitution well, of the it's, state it's, of Arkansas? But it's good for my constituents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, the it's, Democrats it's, and people it's say it's a people. continuing tax. It's not a continuing tax because the other tax that was Expired. passed expired well, it sunset right. barnett that dead. was behind it yes. he came yes. out and yeah. said people should not be voting for it yeah. yeah barnett supported the first tax they actually did what they said they were going to do with it which i wouldn't have supported it the first time but this is the a sunset. new i didn't tax it is, this is a <laughs> new tax it is a new tax because you know if you've got a mortgage on your house if the bank comes along and, and it, say, say it expires in, in 10 years, the bank comes along and says, oh, by the way, we're going to extend that to, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You, would you feel like that you're – With a new tax. With, with a, with a new, right. Well, <laughs> they're just going to keep the payment the same, but instead of it sunsetting in 10 years and you own your house, we're going to continue it. And would it you, will would never you, end. Would yeah. you feel like um, that, that your, your payment or your, your, the cost of your house went up? Yeah, well, permanently. Have, yeah. Permanently. Well, David, have, has David Ray ever shared shared his analogy of, of issue one? I think it's the the best way best way to look at it is if uh, you know Paul is sentenced to jail for ten <laughs> years, the jury sentences jail, sure. and then on the eighth year, the jury says, "Let's reconvene." Well, Paul, we change our mind. We think you should be in jail for another twenty five years for the rest of my life. Yeah, for the rest and, of your and, life. And in so, this instance, and so was that an increase in penalty? <laughs> yeah. Of course, it was an increase in exactly, penalty. and yeah. so I think as uh, David that's a good really put it the best, and I'm like, analogy. oh my goodness, no, it's just it's yeah. just continuing the the, the previous penalty. No, and that's it an increase. It's a, yeah, it's an yeah. Increase. I'm supposed to be out in ten years, and now increase. I'm going to be be here forever. So um, you know, then there there we we our revenue is always up month after month. We see it in the paper all the time. We've raised our ga- and you know I know David touched upon this all the time. We've raised our gas and diesel tax. We've raised a lot sales of other ta- taxes. Sales taxes. And, and so it's, the, the government is 
drowning in too much money, mm-hmm. and we've got these Democrats and so-called Republicans that are going to support more 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 taxes. Yeah. What are these people running for? Why are they Republicans? Why why are they claiming to be fiscal conservatives when government is massive here in Arkansas? Yes. I don't think they've claimed to be fiscal conservatives. If you listen to it, I don't think that the current establishment at the Capitol has ever claimed to be fiscal conservative. I don't know. I may be wrong. I missed that meeting if they ever did. I think maybe it's because, well, because people define conservatives Some talk conservative as far as money goes. And there are a few. Not a lot of them. And there are a few legislators up there. That are pretty decent people that will cut government when they have an opportunity. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm afraid they're the, the tiny minority. But they'll raise it. The thing, and and I do say they do uh, come on the radio and they do go to Republican meetings and say we've cut more taxes than any administration in the history, and they leave off the part where we've raised more than we've cut. Right. So yeah, so yep. they do send a misleading message to say they don't say, hey, you know, we we cut the uh, income tax for veterans, and they leave off the part where they added three permanent taxes in the place of it. When if you eliminate the veterans tax and the veterans stay in Arkansas, and as a vet, it's the reason I fought against it. Right, and a lot of vets fall against it that knew. But <clears throat> if you if you cut the tax on veterans in Arkansas in five years, it creates more money revenue. because mm-hmm. more revenue because they. Stay Stay here, so they create. They cut a tax to create more revenue in five years well, and do uh, what Republicans are supposed to do. But they added three taxes that they know will grow for the rest of your life. That's right. Well, that's and, right. and so I think the tax you're referring to is was a sort of a so-called revenue neutral tax where <laughs> they they cut the the um, the veterans tax and they imposed a new tax on um, I think internet downloads sugar yeah. and so that, that and was a, that's that, bringing in a lot more money than they thought it would and bring that, in well, they, we they, always said that we always said it would bring right, in right and more so money. that was that was the time when when kind of the idea so was the of, internet tax by the way when when the idea of um, electronic downloads was kind of becoming new but you know if you were kind of looking at the future a little bit you might look at you know what in in, in five years nobody will buy. A, or almost nobody will buy a CD or DVD anymore. They'll just download it off the internet. And guess what? Now, where was the last time you saw a rent a, a movie rental store? It was open. Well, people buy their toilet paper online now. Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, they knew what they were doing when they passed that tax. You can't right. say they didn't know what it That's was right. going to do. They knew what it was going to do. All right, got a uh, email from Paul, and he says, "I'm not able to listen to your show all the time, Dave." So how can I get a list of the most conservative judges to vote for? Is there such a list? You would know this, uh, Ken. Uh, there's really not a list. I think you need to uh, go get your sample ballot. You can go to just Google Voter View here in Arkansas. It'll ask for your name and your date of birth, and uh, you'll get your sample ballot. You'll see which judges are on your ballot, and I think you can just do your research from the names that are on your sample ballot. Um, cause there's, it, there's just so many judicial candidates that it's hard enough to survey candidates just in general, but just think of surveying nonpartisan candidates that don't like so, to answer well, questions. So what would you say is, is there 75 judge candidates running the state right now? Or is there more than that? I think there's more than that. More than 75. Yeah, I because, think there's more than 75. In, in every county you've got, you've got little district judges and there's what, two or three in a county? There's two maybe? or three in a county and there's a, there's new, the, you know, the legislature created 
uh, new districts, new districts, new circuit districts. So you have the new circuit districts. You have a lot of judges that have met that seventy-year-old threshold, so they're retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think you have close to over a hundred. Really, okay. Because uh, we've got district court judges, which are like traffic court judges, yeah. and then you have circuit court judges, which kind of handle felony cases and criminal, and family the, law, the, uh, drug appeals. Drug and, so there's court. all kinds of different yeah. judges. That why hasn't anybody challenged that seventy-year-old judges thing? I mean. Let me just mention to you, running for president on the Democrat side, (laughs) Biden is 77, Bloomberg is 78, and Sanders is 79. Now, if they can be the president of the United States, why can't a a judge here in Arkansas be that? Well, I think they're trying to prevent something like a Biden from running for judge uh, who can't really remember much. So so is this a state law or is it it a um, Supreme Court rule? Uh, I think it's a state state law. law. It actually doesn't. There's some. The only place where it doesn't apply is actually district court. I think that's 70 year old. There's some. Yeah, there's some uh, opinions on whether or not it would apply apply to district court judges. Well, I'm kind of of the opinion that we need more judges so that we don't have to be so slow. In our, in our court why system yeah. right now. Why couldn't we apply this to the Supreme Court? The U.S. Supreme Court. Hey, we we might get some change a little a little quicker there. Yeah. But, Ken, don't you agree that a lot of times these judges, even the smaller race is important because a lot of times these judges will move up to higher positions. Once they're they they're get really, in there. really important. So it's important to see where they start out at because and, and oftentimes they, they move up. And yes. they can have a, a major impact on people's lives. It's like family court. That, that's where yeah. they handle divorce and custody that's cases right. and things like that. And when you've got nearly half the half the marriages ending in divorce, that means these people will have a huge right. influence on our society. That's right, and you, and and that's where it's hard. You want to if you're looking at someone who's running for family court, do you want the most experienced person uh, running for family court, like a Andy Ballard, or do you want someone that says, "Hey, I stop robocalls," like a Sean Johnson, and and say, "Okay, well, who do I want in family court? I want someone that's experienced, that's that's there." Well, you want somebody who has uh, a moral compass. That's right, moral compass. Uh, uh, um, and there are a lot of judge. I mean, like I said, it 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 sucks that you have to do your research. Uh, it sucks that there's so many judges and there's not a particular place you can look at. Uh, but I think that's that's what makes it more important to ask around, ask folks, call call organizations. Hey, do you know anything about this judge in Pulaski or this judge in Johnson County or Washington County, whichever county it may be, and uh, just talk and make that effort and uh, go vote for. Uh, who you believe is going and, to and if interpret you, the law in a conservative you, fashion. And if you don't know, I think it is somewhat of a moral failure on your part to just vote for the prettiest person or the person that just seems like the nice guy. The nice guy. Uh, I'm sorry, don't do that. If you don't know who you're voting for or what issues you're voting for, if, you don't, if you're not informed, stay home. A lifetime of a nice guy doesn't just stand Just leave for that anything. open on your ballot. Yeah, yeah. leave it open. Yeah. yeah. If, if you've got people that you're not informed about, because... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying, a lot of times a nice guy doesn't stand for anything. A lot of times a nice guy doesn't have the principles and the backbone to stand up and take a bullet. The people that established this country didn't take a poll to decide <laughs> if they wanted to establish the United States of America. They stuck their neck out for principles and something they believed in, and they lost their lives and their family fortunes right. for it. I was a history and, major, and all the stuff I read about our founding fathers never said, 
this guy was a nice guy. Yeah, really? <laughs> if they were nice guys, they would have been loyal to the king, and they would still be paying their tea taxes. Yeah. Do not elect a nice guy. we got to get a break in. You know, there's ways that can help you get more income from Social Security, and that the Social Security Administration will never tell you because, by law, they can't. Learn what those strategies are at an educational event called Maximizing Social Security with David Lucas. In a couple of hours, you're going to learn why 96% of Americans lose an average of $111,000 in Social Security benefits over the lifetime of their retirement. How you could avoid triggering higher taxes and Medicare premiums. Plus, if you're eligible for additional benefits, they can put thousands of dollars in your pocket every year. The event is Thursday, March the 5th at 6 p.m. in North Little Rock. The tickets are 20 bucks, but there's only room for 31 people. A lot less now, I can tell you that. Uh, if you've saved more than $250,000 and have not filed for Social Security, call to reserve your seat now at 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And I'm going to drive it into your brain 501-222-3315. All right, so we're saying that Ken says, you want to talk about some other races? Because there's some interesting races. There's one that I got uh, got to ask you about, the one down in Malvern. Uh, Senator Clark's race? Uh, the one, no, no, no. The one that uh, uh, state rep, the one where the state rep is retired, she left. And she, oh, uh, and her mother uh, is Lorna running. Nobles and uh, Rick McClure. Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of interesting. I'm thinking McClure might win that race. I mean, when when you've the person you're running against has been a uh, a realtor for years and years and years, and the Realtors Association throws all their money your way, says something, but her daughter, who held a position down there, mm. I mean, everybody thought that. Last time that she ran, she was going to get beat, and yeah. she just stomped she her did. challengers into the ground. Yeah. Well, Lori, <clears throat> the current uh, rep, is very rushing. well liked. Lori Rushing. Uh, I'm I'm good friends with with uh, Lori and her family and her mom. So just you know, just full disclosure. Uh, and you know, uh, Representative Rushing has gone through a lot with her with her daughter passing a few years ago, and you know, I think it's good for her to be taking a a, a break. Uh, from the stress of being at the Capitol. And uh, I think it really uh, healed her soul a little bit getting that grandparents' law passed this past session. And so Lorna is fantastic. Uh, uh, and uh, I think Rick is a pastor, if I remember correctly. Yes. And They're I know, in Malvern, I, big church. <clears throat> big church. Malvern. And I know him through family family council. is a good guy. You have two, two, two good, good people. <coughs> Yeah, quality candidate. Uh, quality, quality candidate candidates. Um, but I think maybe with with Lorna, you you know, little know a little more of where she comes from. Uh, you know her community ties, or you know how she obviously how she raised a uh, 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 Lori, and uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be it'll be close um, because you know when you run against someone who's who has a large congregation, it's always always pretty hard yeah uh in, in that regard okay so. so that that's going to be now i think all of us would agree that in the state senate alan clark is going to get you know <laughs> come, through, come through the yeah. primary i think relatively unscathed like i've i've listened to the guy who's running against him 
and I think he's a Democrat plant. Well, I think uh, uh, when you talk about nice guys, I think Jeff, Jeff is a really, 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 really nice guy. I've gotten to know him a little bit. You know, I've always supported Alan. Alan's always supported me and everything that I've done. Uh, you know, the interesting is is that a large block of the voting population is Hot Spring County, and that's where Jeff is from. Right. Uh, but I think uh, Alan's just been strong as a state senator. When you talk about constituent services, I mean, you talk about accessibility. Definitely. Man, Definitely. Alan's one of the most yeah, accessible great. senators, and he wants to fix your problem, whatever it he's may be passionate. when you call him. He is passionate yeah. about children issues and about right. he, he free would, rides That issues. would really change the Senate. For, um, Alan Clark not to come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I mean, it would it would be kind of a big. He's if you didn't know, upset. he's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee yes. on yeah, the Senate. Yes, yes, he is. Which, yes. which kind of changed the dynamic. The dynamics because yeah. because the previous chairman was Jeremy, Jeremy Hutchinson. Jeremy Hutchinson yeah. was an attorney, or isn't it? I guess we well, know how that anymore. ended up. Right. I guess Jeremy's Jeremy <laughs> sitting is in prison right now. Can I can I just say how how sad that really is? I mean, I understand. That he broke the law. Don't get me wrong. I understand that, but I've I've I knew Jeremy when he was a state rep. When he and his brother served in the state, uh, yes. rep, you know, House, and when the governor of the state of Arkansas, who was a Republican at the time, called them Shiite Republicans mm-hmm. because they were so yeah. uh, great Republicans. And then I don't know where it went off the tracks for yeah. Jeremy, but it did. Yeah. And it had to. Be, it must have been just money that was being thrown at him. A lot of and pressure, that that must have Fam, been. That is where, where family and faith in God is so important, because the devil is always lurking out there at that state capitol. And, and, like and, 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 and I'd have been and he'll find a crack in your character. Yeah. Let me tell you. And I, and I spent quite a bit of time in the Judiciary Committee on the Senate end, and so I, I had I had dealings with him some, and he was he was he was kind to me as far as I could tell. But but it, it was it is a, when we come back. We're going to talk further about some other races that you've got on your mind. Sounds good. If you if you want, Ken, uh, I wanted to take just a few moments to remember somebody. Uh, Breitbart passed away eight years ago today, and he was a good friend of mine. Mm. And I got to tell you what he was—he's the guy that you hear you hear him come out of me a lot, where I talk about that culture is up, upstream from politics and things of that nature. Mm. He was the man. I'll never forget. We got him to come here and speak two or three times, and people were just stunned by how upfront and forceful he was. On my wall here in the studio, I have a a small, uh, you know, I can't, I can't call like that a, really like a, a bumper sticker. Yeah, sort bumper of sticker, but it's small, and it's his picture of him screaming with the hashtag war, <laughs> and that's exactly how he was i i have a shirt that's got his picture on it that i wear from time to time i was a huge fan of his i'm still a fan of of uh you know breitbart news on the on the internet uh and, you know i'm big friends with 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 ben as well uh ben's not such a good friend with breitbart anymore the the, the news media but that's okay all right let's get to who we got sean hannity right now okay we are back here on uh, the dave ellswick show uh, again, uh, Andrew Breitbart changed politics. He really, really did. He was not one of those whimpering nice guys. No, he got out. <laughs> well, here's what he knew. He knew how to use the media, and he went out and used it. And when Republicans were scared uh, to use the media the way it should be used, 
Uh, Andrew Breitbart showed people how to use it. I mean, what? who's the guy that out of New York that was uh, texting the women with uh, naked uh, pictures? Wiener. Wiener, yeah, Wiener. yeah. How can I forget the name yeah. Wiener? I don't know how I uh, – Anthony Wiener, yeah. He, it was it was Andrew that broke that story. Remember, he's, he got up in front of that news conference and just went off. It was great. Great stuff. He was just a great guy. Great guy. And fun. I could tell great stories about him from CPAC, some of the parties he threw. He, he liked to smoke cigars. Hmm. Now, if you know anything about Washington, D.C., I don't think there's any place you can smoke almost in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, he stuffed towels. <laughs> into the bottom of the doors of his uh, hotel room. And we must have had in this small hotel room, well, it's not small, but relatively small because D.C. hotel rooms are small. Um, we must have had 250 people in there. Oh, boy. And uh, he had a, an open bar, and he gave everybody cigars to smoke. Mm. And it was illegal. And every, Yeah, <laughs> and everybody was smoking a cigar. So just think about this, 250 wow. people about that money smoking cigars it don't matter you put towels at the bottom uh-huh. people were coming in and out smoke's going out oh. and instead of going out and just dissipating it went down the shafts of the elevator oh so it it just permeated the whole hotel they threw him out they threw him out <laughs> they threw him it's out. been a long time since i've seen been in a room where there were enough wow. people smoking where you could see where the smoke line wow. was you, <laughs> you could duck down below it wow. yes fresh air. you're right you remember that it was that way oh, wow. you could you could cut the smoke with a knife you really yeah, should sure uh, it I've, was crazy i've never seen it that. was really You've crazy never seen that i have never seen that, that. Yeah, that was some smoke filled back yeah. rooms oh, let wow. me just say yeah. But those are some things I remember about Andrew. He's just a, a great, great guy. All right. You had a few other races you thought that we should talk about. Well, I think Ken. you have one here in Central Arkansas that we felt talk about uh, uh, Andy Davis's open seat with uh, R.J. Hawk. And, yeah, that uh, should be a good race. Uh, I think he'll be really close. You know, R.J.'s been endorsed by uh, uh, Griffin and Rutledge, so it'll be interesting. And Tommy Smith. No, I don't know if he has. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I just know that he worked over at Tommy Smith show. Anyway, I'm just saying. Uh, and, uh, you know, what's what's funny is <clears throat> we talk about nice guys, but you still, you still, you know, to, you know uh, someone texted me, uh, RJ, actually, RJ texted me, was teasing me. I said, you still have to be endearing. You still have to be Listen. relatable yes. and all those things. Those are important traits. Speak you know, soft, RJ's speak softly and carry a big stick. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly. And I think RJ is one of one of those people. Uh, I, you know, Keith Keith's a, a good guy too. Um, uh, but I think you know, I think that's a race to uh, to look at. I think you'll be. Cl- I think you'll have a lot of close races. Who's the guy who's running here in uh, Central Arkansas? I think is re- related somehow to Missy Irvin. Uh. Something Thomas. Um, oh my goodness, Senator Irvin's going to kill me. Uh, but it's her brother. Oh, it's her uh, brother. Okay. It's her brother. I knew he was related. Uh, uh, Thomas is the last name who's running uh, for state senate. Hmm. Now he's running against what, Tucker? Yes. Okay. So it's an open seat. The one that Will Bond has, has you know. So it's, vacated. It, Will Tucker it, find a race that he it, can win? Is it Clark Tucker? <laughs> yeah. Clark, yes. I, Clark I, I Tucker. Didn't Clark Tucker. Running. I didn't realize he was back running, running yeah. again. Oh, wow. Can he come back and, and win state Senate after he could for, win for, uh, District 2? For a Bob Thomas. Oh, Bob, Bob Thomas. Thomas. Okay. Yes. Interesting. 
So there's the, so there's not a primary in that one. There's not, there's a, not primary a primary in that one. No, no. So that will be that will be, be interesting. <clears throat> and yeah, easy, easy choice. Uh, and I think up up in North Central Arkansas, uh, Nelda Speaks has a city councilwoman that that, she really, that that is really pushing her hard. And I think it'll be a lot closer race than what most people in the primary. In the primary. Wow, I'm surprised yeah. Nelda has an opponent in the primary. Now, for everybody out there listening, Nelda Speaks is about as conservative as you can get. Mm. She will not vote for a tax. She will not vote for Medicaid expansion, I think I can safely mm. say. She's a true conservative. Yeah, I agree. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. I would agree. And uh, you know, I don't know too much about her opponent, just that you know her opponent comes from a long line of uh, Democrats. Uh, so you, 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 know, you got a Democrat pet, you pedigree. Got, huh? You got these like Johnny Come Latelys, which is which is my pet peeve. Is I said it's not like you have to be part of the county committee or you have to be part of whatever. But there are people that aren't part of the county committee, but you know that they're conservative. You know where they stand. They've supported conservative candidates. They're business, they're personally or whatnot. But there's these Johnny-come-latelys. If you don't know who they are, they come in, well, I'm a Republican and I should be state this or state that. And uh, you're like, but you've never done anything for a cause before. And, why, and here's the other question you got to ask. Why would you be running against a good conservative republican mm-hmm. probably I, because I asked somebody that, asked you i asked a, i asked a question <laughs> of the guy who's challenging clark that oh, i said what is it about state uh, senator clark that you're not happy about and he said well i don't want to get into that specific well at that point if i were voting there you did, just so, lost my vote. Well, I mean, he ran because he was asked to run. That's, probably. that's the whole thing. If I like somebody who's running for office, why on earth would I waste my time challenging them? But that's you, a pain in the neck yeah. to run for yeah, office. And be it's able a pain to in the neck to be a, be a state legislator or that's whether right. you're a senator or a House representative. A lot of people don't realize would, how much work you're going to do. It, yes. it is a lot of work <clears> if, you're, if you're actually going to be working at it and, and alan clark works hard from what now, i can tell and it's let me it's let me tell you somebody i don't who, want the job if somebody else is going to do it we're talking job. about working hard kim hammer works hard mm. yes kim he hammer does hard. work hard you know yeah you, and if you if you wonder about kim hammer want to know where he stands listen to his radio show yeah, here. on saturdays right you know make him so make him, do, what time's he on zach from 12 to 1 12 to 1 that's right i've, I've got now. a quick quick question for ken real quick does does Nelda's opponent have any uh, backing from any of the Republican Party? Have you heard that they've been backed by anybody or any? Uh, no, um, I do know she supports issue one. Hmm. Okay, all right. Well, that tells me <laughs> that tells me a lot. So, I, that I think we talked about this. Here we Donation go. Donation. Now, right now we're getting into the open. Open uh, thing about an open primary. Yeah, where you have family members who, especially the old guard Democrats, who still request a Democrat ballot. Many of them will request a Republican ballot yep. this time because their uh, granddaughter or grandson or, or son or daughter's running as a it's Republican. The only opportunity to and, actually vote in some of these yes, elections. Yes, too. and so you see see a lot of that. Um, but you know, I think there's a lot of Democrats that are going to vote in the Democrat primary. I think. We had a really strong week of early voting this past week. Did we? 
Yeah. Do you have any figures? Uh, really, only for Celine. We're, we're trending a little better than we are in, in 2018. Not as okay. strong as 2016. Well, no. It'll never be as no, strong as no, 2016. No, that's going be hard to pass 2016. <laughs> but more conservatives really should get it passed in this election, I believe, because I think there will be less crossover in this election because of the Democratic presidential race. Well, I agree. Because uh, yeah, you're going to give up your chance to say who you think should be running yeah. for president on your, on right, your exactly. Democratic ticket. So I, th- I, think th- I think that helps Sullivan. Yeah. Well, I I, it helps the more I conservative, so. more conservative candidates uh, running around the state. Uh, you know, another another race I'd be remiss not to mention is uh, down there in uh, Southeast Arkansas with Ben Gilmore. Ben Gilmore, come on, baby! Yeah, <laughs> come on, baby! Now, so I think did we mention De La Rosa's race on the air? We haven't talked we? about we can, we can talk about both of those in a second. We got to get okay. a break in. Okay. We got traffic, got weather, we got all that to get in here. Where you'll hear us talk about Arkansas is the Dave Ellswick Show. We don't just spend our time talking national politics. Trump's still president. What can I say? All right. It is uh, a quarter till nine, and he got an extra day this year. That just drove all the liberals crazy because, you know, he's president yesterday, too, league day. Anyway, it's the Dave Ellswick Show. It is uh, 62 degrees. Let's see. Looking around the area, 63 in Cabot, 63 in Conway, 63 in Hot Springs, 62 here in Little Rock, 61 in Pine Bluff, and a quarter till nine everywhere. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Ken, some other uh, races all of us were talking about. David Ray is running against Karen Maynard. 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 That's uh, Doug House's open seat. Yep. What's your thoughts? I think uh, uh, they're both really good candidates. Uh, I have personally, personally uh, supported, supported David. Uh, but I, I, Karen and I are good friends, and I think it speaks volumes of her character just by the fact that we're still good friends and she knows where I stand. I think both will would do a good job. But I think uh, David has the you know the endorsements of people like Tom Cotton, Tim Griffin, because he he's he's fought. He's been in the trenches. We you've mentioned that many times before on your show of how Americans he's fought. for prosperity, Americans man. For prosperity. He fought hard. And then, or, or even just as a regular citizen, yes. you see videos of him going to like the Maumelle City Council, being the mm. only one speaking up okay. against the tax yeah. or, uh, increase. And so that, that sort of thing is kind of what, what makes me like David, is that he's got a history of fighting against big government, and Karen actually has a history of fighting to increase the size of government. Yeah. That, 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 to me, that's a pretty start if i were if i were voting in that that would be the dividing how about issue one how about issue one uh, yeah karen's for for the guest but i still believe it'll still be a a close race i feel like i'm saying that about a lot of the races Mm -hmm. but when when it comes to open seats and you have candidates that actually work hard you know both candidates have worked their butts off uh in that race i think he'll be close uh, and of course, you know, David says uh, David's colleague in the uh, Tim Griffin's office, Ben Gilmore, is running for state senate down ben there. Gilmore, I know, down there in a seat that uh, we anticipate to pick up in November to make it red. Finally. He has really worked hard. Yeah, he worked hard even before he knew that he was going to have a primary opponent. Yeah, how is his friend doing down there? There's an he's got a buddy. That's working down uh, uh, Howard here. Beatty? Yes. Yeah, uh, that's a general election. Howard's going to be uh, 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 running against uh, Leanne Birch, General Birch. Um, and so I think I think that's another one of those tandem races. You know, Ben gets out of his primary. 
I think if one survives, the other goes goes with them. Okay. Yeah. So All the, right. There's a race that I've kind of kind of put on the back burner, I guess, recently. So was it? Um, oh, the the black man. What is the guy's name? I've forgotten now. Um, that that was so so active. Um, he he was a state representative. He's an attorney. John uh, Walker. John Walker. Yeah. Right? Just so passed he, away. So he passed away. Mm-hmm. And did they have a special election? They had a special him? election. The special general election is happening right now. Yeah, it's, okay. they so, got like two elections yeah, going. Yeah, right. and so, so the joy, I believe, will be will replace uh, him for him the, for, the, for a few months for a few months, and then there's and then, another election. And there's another election on the ballot where there's three Democrats running, running. in that primary. Wow. So that's an interesting race too, yes. because he he was actually a big player. Yes, I mean he he really was, and a lot of people didn't like him. But he he was a he, he was a big player and he had some influence. Yeah, he had a lot of influence and and he'd always ask uh, real good questions. He always listened well, to your show, Dave. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you didn't know that, because he he would comment it comment to me uh, when I would bump into him at the Capitol, and he'd always call me Governor Yang. Uh, he's always so nice to me. But he, he uh, asked a lot of questions. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd agree that they were all good questions, but he, but he asked a lot of questions. Yeah. Did, did John ever tell you about the time that he was on my show? Uh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. we didn't get along. <laughs> <laughs> what a big surprise. Uh, no, he, but he asked, it, was, he, it was cordial. He, yeah. asked, he asked lots of questions. He was soft-spoken. I appreciated that about him. He was, he was one of these guys that I like the fact that he asked a lot of que- good, a lot of questions. Some of them were good questions. Some of them, I think, were just kind of off the wall. Yeah, but yeah. but I did appreciate him for that, even though we were we're very different yeah. politically. Okay, so Delarosa. That's a three person. That's going to be really. That's up in Northwest uh, you know, Arkansas. I'm all about historical statistics and things of that sort. So before we get into the politics of it, Jana, this is Jana is in her third. This is her running for her fourth term. But this is the third time she's running a three-person primary. And the first two times, she faded a runoff. She didn't go into a runoff. You get 50 plus one vote, 50% plus one vote. You don't have to get a runoff. Last time, she won by three votes. I three. Think, now, uh, I want you to yeah. start Three yep. votes. Yep. Okay. That, yep. that is I think you, you can fade that and the fact that you can avoid two races avoiding a runoff. I think it's just... It just speaks volumes of uh, the campaign that she she runs up there. Now, she has a three-person race again. I actually will say that I don't believe she'll fade, you know, uh, run off this time. I think she will go into a runoff against, I believe, it's uh, there's two people running against her, Chris Latimer and Kendon Underwood. Kendon's actually the one that lost by three votes, three votes yeah. wow. two years ago. I'm sure he hasn't slept very well for two that, years. I, that, was just, <laughs> that was just awful. Can you well, imagine going to all that trouble to run and then losing? I, re- I remember it was about uh, a little bit over a year vote. after no, he had lost. And I got to say, well, I know it probably still stings, but I feel like it's it's – you know, been a while where I can ask. I said, "Did you ever look at the voter roll and see if any of your friends that said they were going to vote didn't go? Up. Didn't go vote? Did he? And he, yeah, he said, "Oh yeah." He says, "We we've uh, been there, done that. We've talked. <laughs> we've really so the pain." What, what does that district look like? Is it a, is it a kind of a soft purple district or what is that's it? That's a hard. It's a, that's a hard red really district. Because yeah. De La Rosa is not really a hard red candidate. She's yeah. she's, she's more of a moderate. <laughs> she well, has a history of voting for taxes. From well, what I can tell, you yes, know, maybe, maybe I'm I'll read them to you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long? Do, how many? How many hours do we know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think she 
at the Capitol for the very least. She's her own person. She doesn't really fit into that establishment mold. She obviously doesn't fit into that conservative mold. No, she you know? fits into the teacher union mold. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, and so she kind of kind of just does her own thing, which can be good or bad sometimes. Yep. And I think that's why she always has an opponent. She always has a primary opponent at that um and so it'll be it'll be interesting uh to she's see she's been on my show many a time yeah. but she did vote for the internet sales tax uh, the gasoline tax the water bill tax and the cell phone tax yeah, yeah. just mention it yeah so i think i think a three person all of the three p- person races is a three person race for uh and we talked about dan <laughs> sullivan but there's a three person race to replace uh dan sullivan which will be interesting to Dick, see he's gonna leave us he's gonna leave a house see that's which is, yeah one of the people Running for the House seat is a guy who lost to him yes. the last election, Do- correct? Dr. Uh, Cole Peck okay. uh, is the guy that challenged Dan originally and is running again. And then you have the, the mayor of uh, Lake City, is that what it's called up there? John Milligan, who's running. And then you have Bobby Long, who's a city councilman. So that'll be an interesting – so so if, if he doesn't actually win his um, primary against um, – um, Cooper. Cooper. His his absence in the house is going to be kind of a it'll big be felt. Yeah, it will be, be felt. I think you know this is this is not my opinion or anything. I think the opinion of people up there will say that Bobby Long was probably the closest to uh, Dan Sullivan right. in regards to conviction and principles and things of that sort. Um, except that Dan non Medicaid expansion. Yeah, right. Except say. that Dan Sullivan has a little bit of momentum right now. He can actually be effective as a legislator, whereas somebody new coming in is going to be more difficult. Correct. Unless they've got a lot of experience. Like David Ray is probably one of those guys that he can actually be pretty effective coming out of the yeah. gate. But right. a lot of other legislators, much. when they just come in, uh, it, it takes them a while just to get around. So yeah. what are you hearing on the Cooper-Sullivan race? I think uh, the visit by the governor... Uh, kind of stabilize the race for Senator Cooper. I think um, about six weeks ago, uh, you know, Cooper probably wanted the election to happen then. And then it really revved up for Sullivan. I think, you know, if you could have the race two weeks ago, Sullivan would have won. I think Mm. with the governor coming and uh, just kind of doing what the governor does. Because, yeah, I know Republicans and then the conservatives – take their shots at the governor, but he still is one of the most popular governors uh, in the nation. 65%. And we may not be popular in our circles, the conservative circles or whatnot, but that's not the makeup of of Arkansas. And so people forget that. If you look at the data, uh, he didn't win in the primary that part of the state by overwhelming margins. So it's still kind of odd to see him go up there. But but Senator Cooper has... Really promoted the, the, the governor's agenda. And so, you know, politics, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Governor went up there to, to So stop. how do you feel about that? Should the governor get involved in, in primaries? Well, I know you overwhelmingly say no. That, that's right. Uh, I just want to hear what you say. Yeah. I'm not going to hate yeah. you if you say you, you think it's all right. Uh, I think uh, in extenuating circumstances, they should. I think we should all get involved in primaries oh i agree uh, with that uh, i think the governor obviously has a duty to unify the the party uh, along with uh, the state party and so i think it should be done in in rare 
uh, circumstances. But that's not been the case with this. Correct. Governor. I think he's uh, really been involved in most uh, uh, campaigns, um, which is good, good and bad. I think there's a tendency to and want to protect brings, your incumbents. And he brings people with him. I mean, when the governor gets behind someone, he brings mm-hmm. the Chamber of Commerces. It brings a lot of other people into yeah. the play. So it's not just the governor that he brings. It brings a lot of a lot of money with it. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, he has a he has a pack that uh, gives money to to candidates. As you know, Tim Griffin has a pack that that gives money to candidates too. Uh, and so, you know, I think when you have a agenda of what you think the state should look like, which uh, Governor Hutchinson clearly does, then he's going to try his very best to make sure that agenda kind of passes through the legislature smooth, smoothly. And so to no fault of his own, you know, maybe if I was governor, I might probably would do the same thing if I had an agenda and, and wanted to make sure I had the votes to, to get you know, it through. Maybe I could see the governor, and we're down to 30 seconds here, getting involved if it was like the, in Alabama when you had more running to be, you know, senator and you had somebody else that was yeah. just as qualified, what would you do? But anyway, I got to let it go at that. You know, Paul, thank you for being yes, with us. Yes, sir. Thank you, Artie. I appreciate it. you. Ken Yang, thanks for coming in. Yes. Good two hours. I'll call you tomorrow night during the election coverage. Sounds like mm-hmm. a plan. We'll have you on for that. Okay. i got to get out of here. Stick around. we got Gallagher coming up, then Rush, and then uh, Hannity, and then Sucho. They're all coming up here on 101.1 FM, The Answer.